He's got a beautiful backswing. That's, oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. Welcome in to another edition of the 73rd Hole, the award-winning 73rd Hole podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. We have a very, very special episode for you guys today. We have my dad, the hump man, Craig Humphreys, live from Augusta National, and yes, it is Masters Week. I, I hope you guys enjoyed our Monday show. Uh, this is going to be the Tuesday show, and we're going to go through a bunch of players. No time restrictions here on the 73rd Hole Podcast. So if you're looking to do a Masters pool or a DraftKings lineup or something like that, we're probably going to cover your player in this episode and cover some other big stories. But I'm here with T-Dub. Obviously, Colby Powell still out because he is taking care of his little baby Layla girl. Um, but... But T-Dub, what's going on? What, do you, what have you seen this morning? And obviously the big news, Tiger saying he's basically going to play. It's it's one of those things, guys, where I didn't want to get my hopes up, right? You, like you hear it, and you're just waiting for him to be walking on the range and just accidentally tweak the ankle. And you're just like, oh, no, it's going to be a setback. But to hear him officially say the words, as long as nothing – essentially he said, if nothing extremely bad happens, I'm going to play. And it is – my heart is so big today. I mean, I, did, I could not have imagined – you know, we were here, Sam. We were actually in this house about to interview Taylor Gooch when we got the news of Tiger in the car crash. And, like, your heart just falls through. Then you hear what's coming out before. It's like, this guy may never even walk again. And yep. 14, 15 months later, he's we're talking potentially about him having a chance to win the tournament. <laughs> this is absolutely unbelievable, huh, man? What has the scene been like at Augusta National after the news Yeah, broke? Dad, start with yesterday for everybody. I mean, what was that scene like? I heard it was nuts for the practice round. Well, it's pretty crazy when, and Sam, you've been here before and you know that by three in the afternoon, I mean, when people get here starting at, uh, you know, if they open the gates at, at, you know, seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning, but they start lining up outside the gates even before seven o'clock. And, and, and so they, they've seen a bunch of golf by three in the afternoon, but at three in the afternoon, when a group heads to the number one tee, it's normally, you know, not, not a huge gallery. Well, I mean, they, they had the whole number one hole circled in some places up to 10 deep to see Tiger Woods along with Justin Thomas and Fred Couples. Fred's a very popular guy, and, and Tiger and, and, and JT were joking that, boy, it's amazing the, the popularity that Fred Couples still has here at Augusta, you know, that so many people came out to see him. But obviously uh, they were all here to see Tiger Woods, but you guys talk about it all the time on, on your podcast. You say, you know, um, he, he he is, you know, he, he's the lightning rod, yeah, right? He, he I mean, is the needle, right? He's the needle, right. He, he Yeah, he doesn't move the needle, he is the needle. So, yep. anyway, uh, but, and, and he did, Tiger, obviously, as everyone knows by now, he made the announcement at his press conference this morning that that uh, his plan is to play. He said he's going to play nine, nine more holes of a, a practice round, weather permitting, uh, tomorrow, but but he plans on playing, and, and T-Dub, you're right. It's just incredible that we're only a, a little over 13 months removed from the accident. And as Tiger himself talked in his press conference, he was in bed for three months. And I mean, for three months, he, he couldn't even walk to his own living room. And, and, and now he's going to try to walk the hills of Augusta National over four rounds, hopefully. That's just incredible. 
I mean, uh, and Huntman, has there been any any word around there? We've been ha- having a little bit of confusion. No announcement on if he's going to play the part three tomorrow. No, I still have I, I still have not heard any word on that. And and you know, normally, I mean, well, in recent years that they have kind of put some pairings out on the part three, but it's always very loose still. And it, it used to be, I mean, guys just kind of show up when they want to at the first right. day and pair themselves up. That, that kind of leads into my go, next but, question, Dad. Is, is there even going to be a part three tomorrow because of the weather? Well, that's a that that's that's a very good question because uh, tomorrow afternoon, forty percent chance of. Well, late morning showers, and then it goes up to 70% chance for, for scattered showers and thunderstorms uh, tomorrow afternoon and evening. And so, yeah, I, I think the par three could be in jeopardy, which, which is a shame because, guys, you realize they haven't played a par three since Tiger won here in 2019, since the 2019 tournament. Uh, uh, tournament. No, no par three in, in 2020. Of course, that was played in, in November in the fall or even 2021 when there was – a uh, limited number of patrons last year, and and they didn't have the par three. So, um, yeah, it, it looks doubtful for tomorrow. And I, Go I was just going to say, I got the forecast pulled up here. It looked like previously on, on Sunday when we did the radio show, it looked like we had a very high percentage chance of rain on Thursday, according to weather.com currently, looking at about 91% chance of rain tomorrow, but only about 25% chance on Thursday and then less than 10% on the weekend. So I guess that is a blessing, guys, if we don't get the par three. But it also is sad because you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Huntman, but they've had the par three every year from since 1960 up until – 2017 when it was the first year they didn't have it with rain and then with COVID and everything. So the three of the last five years, we haven't had it and we were used to having it every year. Yeah. Yeah. No, Hey, it's, it's a very popular event. A number of the players in here today were talking about it because, you know, a lot of them have had very young kids and it's uh, I, just the whole family. The kids get into it, the wives, the, 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 the patrons. I mean, it's just, it's just, it, it's a great, opportunity to just kind of relax and, and take take a deep breath before uh, the, the tournament starts on a Thursday morning. So, yeah, I mean, the rain's going to be out of here after Thursday morning. Uh, the, the big question is, uh, will there be some delay Thursday morning after all the overnight rain and the rain continuing? Uh, like we said, 40% chance uh, for the early morning showers on Thursday. Right. So while we're on the subject of weather, Dad, Rain isn't the only issue this week. There's going to be a, quite a bit of wind, I think up to 15 miles an hour, maybe even gusts up to 20. Um, what direction is that wind coming from? And kind of relay it, relate it to us for people that don't know the directions. Like, where would that wind be off of on 12 or 11 and 12 and 13? So we can kind of get okay, a grasp. Okay, when when the wind's out of the south, well, then the, the – uh, Second nine, part fives are going to play downwind. Like thir- 13 and 15 are going to play downwind, okay. wind south of south. So, for instance, you know, it, it's the wind has, like like today, it was out of the southeast, all right, and in the morning and south in the afternoon. Tomorrow it's supposed to be out of the southwest. High tomorrow is supposed to be 82 degrees, so tomorrow is going to be the warmest day of the week. Well, Thursday, all of a sudden, the wind changed to out of changes to out of the west, gusting up to 25 miles an hour. 12 to 16, that's a pretty strong wind for down here. But the gust to 25 miles an hour on Thursday and then on Friday, still out of the west, but gusting 25 to 30 miles an hour. And and so that's, you're right, Sam, the, the wind's definitely going to be a factor. And then on Saturday, uh, I'm, I'm showing a high of 63, but, but low 
60s on Saturday, all right? So after, you know, the, the temperature today was in the 70s, tomorrow's going to be up in the 80s. Well, by Saturday, you're down to the low 60s with wind gusting up 20, 25 miles an hour west to northwest. It's switching to northwest on Saturday. And then on Sunday, also going to be west-northwest. Uh, a lighter wind on Sunday, only uh, 6 to 12 miles an hour, and the temperature is going to get up to 73. So, so Sunday is going to be considerably better than Friday and Saturday. But, but Friday and Saturday, yeah, temperature in the 60s with winds gusting 25 to 30 miles an hour. And you're going to have that wind gusting 25 even on Thursday. So, yeah, wind, a definite factor in this Masters. Yeah, and we'll get to the course changes later, but I just want to know if you've heard anything from the players or just talk around the media center on the conditions of the course. Is it super soft and it's just going to get softer tomorrow with the rain? No. Okay, and then and then no, if it does rain tomorrow, is it gonna, it, it's probably going to uh, you know dry out because of all the wind and everything later in the week. No, we've had a number of players in talking about they say the condition of the course is the best that it's been in years. And obviously the fall masters and, and in, uh, in the November of 2020, you know, I, I forget who was, who was talking about it, but they said, you know, I think we all agree that, that, you know, the, the conditions were uh, a little sketchy that year compared to a, a normal, you know, April uh, masters here at Augusta national. So um, no, the, the course is in tremendous shape firm and fast early in the week. In fact, on, on Monday, they were saying, man, if the greens are this fast on Monday, because normally they, they speed up a lot of, you know, on, on Thursday as opposed to, to like Monday, Tuesday. Well, now we uh, we were supposed to get over an inch of rain today. I don't know what it's going to be when all is said and done, but after all the rain, obviously the course is going to be soft and much softer than it was in the practice rounds. Uh, but also with the changes to the course, and, and guys, I know you've talked about these on your podcast, you know, even in recent weeks. But, but man, to hear the changes at 11, and a lot of people think it's just lengthening the hole and moving the tee box back to the left a little bit. And so it's not going to play quite as much as the dogleg right and removing uh, a, a considerable number of trees down the right side. But the biggest change, I think, that's going to affect the scoring has been what they did up at the green where – you know, on the Larry Mize chip shot, he was chipping into a gentle slope. There was a gentle rise, you know, so it fell off just gently to the right off that green. And so players would bail out over there feeling like they had a pretty darn good chance to get it up and down for par. Mm-hmm. Now they've raised up the right level of that green. Also, uh, the, the pond has been extended out. Rory was pointing out today the pond used to be even with the front of the green now suspended out about 10 yards in front of the green on the front left. And so mm-hmm. um, if, if you, if that pin is cut close to the right side, they, they, the, the mound now the, the chipping area is much deeper. You're, you're a lot further below the level of the green. All right. If you got that little pitch shot and if you got a right pin that you're trying to pitch to, you're not going to pitch it and stop it on the green. You're either going to have to put it from down there or you're going to have to bump something in, in, into that uh, mound and, and hope to stop it, you know, uh, to, to a pin if you're short-sighted, if, it's a, if the pin's tucked on the, on the right. They were saying, really, the better miss now would be to miss the green short because if you miss it short, you're going to have a little more green to work with and, and not such a, a severe drop-off. 
you know, from a little bit in front of the green. So, uh, you know, consensus was 11 is going to play even tougher, and 11 has played it. Last year it played as the second toughest hole out there, out here to number five. And traditionally in recent years, it's been, what, T-Dub, second behind number 10. So it's already been a very tough hole. But I think the consensus is they were these were good changes. Even Larry Mize, uh, Larry Mize uh, pitch shot from the right of number 11 back in 87 will never be duplicated uh, now. And Larry Mize, by the way, announcing today that, that, that next year, 2023, will be his final Masters. Um, but, but he was okay. He signed off on the changes. He's okay with it. And I think most of the players that I've heard have been okay with the changes that they made in moving the tee back and to the left, taking the trees out on the right. You know, they're, they're opening up the, the right side a, a little bit. And where it's been a hole in recent years where you play a fade off the tee, now you can play a draw. In fact, it might even be uh, preferable to play a draw off number 11. And, and it's kind of built up a little bit on the sides, too, where the, the ball's going to funnel a little bit toward the, uh, toward the fairway. Uh, and so the big hitters might be able to catch a down slope and, and have a little shorter shot into that green. But basically, they're trying to, make, they're, they're trying to, to keep you from bailing out to the right. They're, they want to make you take on that palm now. And I heard Paul McGinley last night on Live From talking about it, and he said he went over to that right side because they showed some graphics of Tiger in 2019 Hideki. Uh, last year they hit over to the right, and he said that now what they did was they pushed up that right side, so it's almost kind of like a funnel, right? So if you hit it over to the right, the ball's going right. to roll down to where it's behind one of those trees. So you're, you're not going to see very much of the, the getting lucky over there on the right side. The old classic, if you miss the fairway by five yards, you're, you're screwed. What I was just it. about to bring up, T-Dub, was Scotty I, Scheffler said the same thing. He goes, uh, he, he used air quotes with his fingers and said it, it's considered a bailout area quote unquote but it's really not because you can get screwed over there behind those trees right Doug? You, you can you can although that the tiger alley is still there i was out there yesterday and it, i mean now you got to get lucky and be in, in the right spot or you can get blocked out there's still an alley over there though if you if you push it considerably right that that you could have a shot but you could also be dead too I mean, there's still a few trees over there, yeah. And I think Scheffler's point was mainly it's not the best angle to come in from anymore either. Like he he was saying that, you know, it used to be kind of okay if you got lucky on the right side. You know, now you have a better chance of going in the water. Basically, what they're saying is if you miss that green right now, I think there's a good chance you're going to walk away with bogey. Not only a good chance you're going to walk away with bogey, you might feel good about walking away with bogey. Because it's definitely bringing double into the equation because you're pitching right toward that pond. I think, you know, it, it's bringing the pond more into play on that pitch shot, too. Well, and also, too, Hunt, man, you know, if if the, the wind direction stays the same like it will, that second shot's going to play mostly into the wind, even a little bit off the right. So I think that's gonna, that right side is going to be a pretty popular area because people are not going to want to go into that water, to say at least, but they might do it on their next shot, which wouldn't be good. But, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the changes on 11 and 15, and I didn't realize this to listen to Tiger's press conferences. You know, they resurfaced holes 3, holes 13, and holes 17 greens. You know, not, not really changing a whole yeah. lot with the green complexes, but still, 
a, a new surface. And Tiger kind of alluded to they tried to soften 13 a little bit to try to be able to p- potentially add some new hole locations. Are add you, hole locations, right. Are you are you hearing, like, what would be a potential new hole, hole location that would put on that green hump, man? Because it just seems like that middle ridge is so severe that it's either on the top, on the left portion or the right portion, and, uh, you know, front, back, and the four corners, essentially. Um, I, I was just trying to think of where they would put a new one, and I couldn't really think of one. I would have to look at it uh, closer. I mean, I did walk out there and looked at it a little bit, but I, I wasn't, you know, looking at it that close. Unless maybe another right hole location that's further back right. I don't know, T-Dub. I, you know, um, where, where it's flatter down there. Obviously, I mean, they, they've had the right location, which when I say right locations, I mean the location closest to the creek, you know. Is, is what I call right when I'm talking about 13 because, you know, the, the green almost, it, it runs more, uh, you know, along the, the direction of the fairway, you know, uh, because it, it's very narrow. Uh, you know, if, if you lay up down the right side, in other words, well, then you get, you got a narrow green. Now they've had, it's been a two level green, but, uh, anyway, the, the T was pushed back there in 2002. The thing I'm still amazed at 13. Is it still 510 yards? And, and they bought the land, you know, from Augusta National a few few years ago. So um, I, I don't Country know when Club. we're going to. Yep. Uh, from Augusta Country Club. I'm sorry. Did I say Augusta National? Anyway, Augusta Country Club. So anyway, hey, it's still, you can still make a high number at 13. You know, uh, Tommy Nakajima made a 13 at 13 back in 78. Uh, but uh, that's, it, it's one of the great holes because, you can make anything from a three to a seven in a heartbeat. And especially even more so on 15 and 15, I think is a more interesting change uh, with, uh, with the addition of the yardage at 15. And now if that one is playing into the wind, like it looks like it will at, uh, at least on Saturday and Sunday. Now, you know, when you start taking a fairway wood into that green and you talk about a narrow green with water in front and back, um, Man, big numbers are possible on, on, on that one, and that's another thing that makes that green. Again, you can make anything from a three to a seven very, very easily. And uh, Sergio, remember back in 2018, Sergio made a 13 highest score ever on number 15, mm-hmm. <laughs> where he kept kept dropping it and spinning it back in, right? <laughs> no doubt. And, and Gene Saracen, of course, made the two there in 1935. Right. Yeah, second year the Masters was held. That's pre- pretty awesome. And, you know, just to round out the uh, the win prediction here, uh, 13 T-ball with the West wind, it's going to be directly coming off the left. So those guys aren't going to be able to turn it around the corner as much. I, I think you're going to see a lot of balls go into those right trees to go through the fairway. So based off of just, you know, looking at the overhead, Sam, it looks like the West wind is like the hardest win you can get for Amen Corner or the back 90. Yeah, no doubt. I, I totally agree with that. I'll get to that in one second. But, Dad, I want to ask you one thing on the resurfacing of those three different greens. Now, (laughs) does Augusta National just have this sorcery where, you know, these greens aren't any different from the other, you know, 15 greens out there? Or or are the players saying that they can tell a little bit of a difference on the new greens? Oh, I, I think they can just tell a difference that, that they've been flattened out in, in certain areas. I'm you know, talking like more about firmness and, and maybe telling a difference, you know, coming into the green and maybe a little bit faster or slower. Okay, I haven't really heard that. I mean, I haven't heard that they've talked, you know, gotcha. that there's a difference 
in, in the firmness of them. I, Basically, uh, that's my point account, is it's amazing how yeah. Augusta does it in, in such a short amount of time. Um, but yeah, on the wind, on, on the wind coming off the left on 13, I think that's probably the toughest driving hole maybe of any par five in the country, right? I mean, because you have to be able to go, I mean, nowadays have to go over partially that left side or hit a draw. And when the wind's coming off the left, you can't hit a draw whatsoever, right, Dad? Well, it makes it tougher. It makes it tougher. And and that's, I mean, there's certain holes out here where it is definitely uh, to your advantage to be able to hit a draw. I mean, what, number nine is definitely one. Number 10 is definitely one. Number two. Uh, now, number uh, yeah. number two, for sure, number two. Um, uh, but, uh, but 10, for sure, 11 has been a fade hole in recent years. Well, it, you know, 11 teed up before they added all those trees down on, on the right side in the early 2000s. Uh, it was one that the, the big hitters would just sling a draw down the right side, and, and that's how they were having wedges into that green, cause they, and that's why they added all those trees on the right side of number 11. It used to be a draw hole. They changed it into a fader's hole. Now it's back to where it might, you know, be slightly better. I heard guys say to, to play a draw off number 11. Uh, but then uh, 13 is a definite draw hole. Some people say a draw is a little helpful uh, at 14, but really at 14 or 15 or 17. Those are 18 definitely, obviously, is a fader's hole. And, and number one, obviously, is, right. is, is definitely a fader's hole. So, Anyway, hey, no, the course has been in fantastic shape. It's just a shame that this rain is, is going to soften it up. But uh, but if the wind's blowing as much as we think it is, it, it might be dried out by the weekend. And, and just one last thing on the course changes. I heard Scotty Scheffler also say that, you know, he was hitting five irons into 15, and now he's going to be hitting a three iron. I like that change because that's what Alistair McKenzie and Bobby Jones wanted it to be, in my opinion. Right, Dad? Well, and I heard Morikawa talking about 15 yesterday, and he was saying that, that it was playing so firm. And he said the other day when it was downwind and being firm, he was hitting the same clubs that he used to hit. You know, if <laughs> right. it's playing downwind. And, and there again, we get back to the wind and how important that, that wind direction on, uh, on, on 15, it, it could, it's going to be playing havoc. And then we didn't even mention 12 with the wind. And when the wind's gusting uh, 25 or 30, uh, 12 is always going to be interesting. I don't care what direction it's coming from. So, Dad, what are some other storylines that you guys in the media center are looking towards other than Tiger Woods? Obviously, Tiger's the big story this week. Um, but what are some other big storylines? Maybe give me two or three uh, that you guys are most looking forward to in the media center over there. Well, I think one is Rory, right? And and whether, whether or not he's on your list of favorites or not, I mean, just the fact that, that – that Rory is now 32 years old, and you know he's got the he's got the four majors. Won the U.S. Open back in 2011, PGA 2012, uh, the Open Championship in, in 14, and, and the PGA also in, in 14. So, so he was you know ever since 2015 he's been coming here, you know, looking for the final leg uh, of the Grand Slam, and he's had and, and it's not like he plays bad here. He's had six top tens and 13 Masters. So and and so Rory again is looking for the green jacket. I I tell you what, Tiger has been such a big storyline that I think that is to the advantage of everyone else, especially these top 10, 15 players that we're going to spend a lot of time talking about. 
uh, and especially a guy like a Rory, especially a guy like, you know, a, a, a John Rahm, a, a, a Justin Thomas who has struggled majors in recent years, all the attention given the Tiger, T-Dub, don't you think? I mean, it has to help these guys. Uh, I don't care who you are. Scotty Scheffler. I mean, I don't well, know if I've ever seen a, a number one player in the world go more under the radar than Scotty Scheffler. You're exactly right. I, I will say one guy that it won't help is my pick, Cam Smith, that has to play in front of Tiger Woods. <laughs> I hadn't thought and of that. With Bryson yeah. DeChambeau. He has to play right in front of Tiger, which is notorious for being the toughest pairing to have, and with Bryson, which is notorious for being the toughest pairing to have. So the the, the cards are stacked against my pick already, Deb. Well, I, so you're getting cold feet, or are you going to uh, <laughs> change well, you, your pick? you got you got to listen to the rest of the show. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, uh, so so your man Cam, so paired with the Shambo and Paul Casey. Well, uh, I mean that that could be good or bad. I uh, the guy is such a veteran, though, and 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 Cam Smith. I mean, we talk about his putting. We act like he's some you know, short-hitting putting guru or whatever, but but they, he can still move it out there a little bit. I don't see that he's going to get, you know, caught up with, with, with Bryson in some, you know, long long drive contest, right? Yeah, I mean, 100%. No, I don't think so at all. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. You know, on, on the year, um, strokes gained approach, I mean, he's gaining a full shot strokes gained approach, so it's not like he's not one of the greatest yeah, ball strikers, right. you know, on the PGA Tour. And, and you know, yeah. he, he, the reason he doesn't do better off the tee isn't because of his distance, because he's really not very accurate, which right. is isn't is something you can kind of get away which with. Which we've seen coming down the stretch, which is why I would only pick him at Augusta and not at a U.S. Open. Well, and there's a difference between not being accurate, not being accurate down the stretch, and that's yeah. what, what we've seen from him, unfortunately. You know, going back to the Tiger playing in front of Tiger thing, I, I feel like it's at this point, they should just have like two honorary tea times in front of Tiger's group, just just to create some space and not be the detriment to whoever's playing in front of him. Um, but you know, Hunt man, I got a question for you. So I was sitting here and trying to do a little bit of my my research for this year, and generally. I don't like to pick players who missed the cut uh, the year the year before at Augusta because, you know, everyone says if you get in the field, it's a fairly easy cut to make because it's top 50 in ties, generally around 90 in the field, So and you've got the past champions, USAM, those kinds of people. But I look back on it. Here's just some of the names of guys who missed the cut last year, guys. Sergio, Daniel Berger, Max Homa, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Rory missed the cut, Patrick Cantlay missed the cut, Jason Day missed the cut, Sung J.M. missed the cut. I mean, that's a stellar list of names there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, Huntman, it doesn't seem like I can go off my what I usually do and, you know, write off guys who missed the cut the year before because those are all best players in the world. Yeah, and, and like we said, with Kepka, I mean, some of those, you know, there's, there's a reason for it, like a guy coming off an injury or, or, right. or this or that. But, uh, um, no, I mean, you're, yeah, you're always – I mean, hey, it, it's golf, right, guys? I mean, anything can happen. I mean, you're always going to have, you know, a few big names uh, that miss the cut. Um, but I, I'm just saying, as far as the storyline of guys, I, I think this this uh, Tiger effect, so to speak, of what we've seen with all the attention being on him the last couple of days, I do think that will, will help some of these guys uh, who normally – a, a guy like a John Rahm, a Rory, a, a Scotty Scheffler. I mean, being number one in the world, he'd, he'd certainly get more attention than what he's received so far this week. Even a Dustin Johnson. You know, Dustin Johnson's a guy who missed the cut here last year, uh, T-Dub, and, and then goes and misses the cut at the PGA. 
you know, he's coming off that great year in 2020. And, and, and here, I mean, you know, he set the all-time scoring record in 2020, 20 under par. Came here last year and misses the cut here at the Masters in 2021. And then he went and missed the cut at the PGA. So misses the cut in the first two majors after a great year in 2020. Well, my point is he had a good finish uh, to, to 2021 because in the final major of the year at the Open Championship, he tied for eight. Then uh, when you're looking ahead to the playoffs, he had a, a, a tie for six at the BMW, tie for eight at the Tour Championship. I mean, he wasn't off the radar. And then this year uh, at the Saudi International, 2022, tie for eight there. At the Players, had a top ten. That was a tie for nine at the Players' Championship uh, last month. And, and then a fourth in, in the match play. And so, uh, T-Dub, I, I think that, that uh, Dustin Johnson's form, which uh, I – there's no way I would even come come close to, to picking DJ uh, two or three months ago. I kind of like his current form. I, I, I honestly do too, Huntman. I'm going to have him as one of my picks later on in the show. You look at it, besides the missed cut last year, like we just mentioned, obviously one in the COVID year, but second the year Tiger, uh, the year Tiger won, then 10th, 4th, and 6th, and the 13th in there as well. So this is a place that he really likes to get around. I, I will say this. DJ is having his worst chipping year he's had since really since he came on tour, and hopefully he doesn't get in a situation where on the back nine he needs a crucial up and down because I think that may cost him, and I think that's going to be one of the reasons why I don't think he has it. I'm not going to pick him to win the tournament, but I, I definitely think he's a top ten play this week and maybe even a top five. Sam, I, I agree with yeah. that. It all depends on the putter, though. Like I've said, you know, on the radio show and the podcast, he used three different putters two weeks ago. Right or three weeks ago now, and uh, and so he's been very streaky with the putter so far this year. I mean, he gained over a half, uh, one and a half shots at the Players Championship putting, um, but you know has lost shots every other tournament he's played. Uh, all the way back until the CJ Cup. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how DJ putts it this week. It'll, I, I think that he's probably one of the favorites, but to me, I still favor a guy like a Rom or a JT more than D- DJ this, this week. Well, and also I think we, we need to at least mention Phil Mickelson this week, guys, and as far as being a storyline, uh, obviously he's not as big of a story as if, uh, as he would have been if he would have been here. Um, but, and I know you guys have, have discussed a lot of this, it was interesting in, in Bryson DeChambeau's press conference yesterday. I don't know if you caught the last question. Yep, and, yes. and he was asked <laughs> He was asked about Phil Mickelson. And, 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 and what was the word? He, He's he gone said dark. He gone, gone dark. Yeah, gone dark. Can't get a hold of him. He's MIA. <laughs> he has gone dark. Well, um, Anyway, I, I, I listen. I totally understand if it was not his decision not to be here. Uh, you know, I would totally understand why Augusta National wouldn't want him here this week because, you know, they they wouldn't want the the, the circus surrounding the Saudi contro- uh, controversy and Phil Mickelson uh, wouldn't wouldn't want any part of that to, to take over their golf tournament. Um, but I, I still have some serious questions over. What happened there? Did he receive money? How much money did he receive? Um, it, does he still plan on going forward with, with Greg Norman and the Saudis, or is he totally backed away from it? I mean, where, where does that whole thing stand? You know, will he be at the PGA? I, I think most people would say there's no way he's going to be at the PGA. Might not even be allowed to be at the PGA. 
which is in Tulsa in Oklahoma next, you know, next month. Um, so just, I, I still just have so many questions. I, I still think that's a major story in golf right now. I totally agree with that. Now, I do think there might be a chance he's at the PGA because if he is suspended, you know, a, a 90-day suspension, let's say, would end before the PGA at Southern Hills, right? From the time that he said all that stuff to Southern Hills, that's over 90 days. Yeah. And so there's a chance that he could be at Southern Hills um, if he is suspended. Um, but I agree with you on on your point about Augusta National, um, you know, not wanting to have him if he is suspended by the tour. Um, now, I could see them having him if he was banned from the PGA Tour, right? Because then, you know, Augusta National might make their own decision on it. But uh, for such a small uh, time length suspension from the PGA Tour, then I could see Augusta National just kind of saying, yeah, PGA Tour, you're right. Let's just stay friends on this one. Um, but, you know, that's all speculation. But it it, it, right. it it definitely looks from the outside looking in that, that there is some sort of suspension there, right, T.D.? Well, and Huntman, you put, I, Huntman, I think you put it best. I think it was on the noon segment on the sports center where he said, you know, if you're going to get a, some lawyers and draft the uh, the uh, whatever the, the – Paperwork you need to do for a rival league. I mean, what else are you going to get suspended for? There's no more conduct detrimental to the tour than that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, again, I I don't want to get too sidetracked on on Phil Mickelson here. I'm just saying as as a golf fan, I I just – I understand that he brought it all on himself. I I just hate it for him. You know that he's missing out on, on on the Masters. This would have been his thirtieth Masters. And listen, he no, he's not a big name as big a story as, as Tiger is, but he's a pretty big deal down here. I mean, he's won three Green Jackets. I mean, uh, you know, not, I, not too many people enjoyed coming to Augusta National as much as and Phil Mickelson over the last 20 years. He's yeah. also the defending PGA champion. What if I told you after Phil won oh, the PGA that Tiger would play in this Masters, but Phil wouldn't? You would think I was on drugs. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, so, anyway, and I mean, uh, that's he, a, he will not be here. That's a really good point. You think about it because, I mean, there's a handful of guys like Tiger when he won the U.S. Open and I think Kepka, where you don't see reigning major champions not in major fields within the calendar year. I mean, that like never yeah, happens. without injury. Yeah, and that's yeah, right. something that we're not really thinking about. And, you know, I mentioned I mentioned Kepka just a second ago, and I want to get to him because, you know, I had an epiphany after after our radio show Sunday morning. It was, you know, I think the only time that we mentioned Kepka the entire show was Sam brought up that uh, DJ beat him in the match play. And right. it's like, that's the only time we talked about him. He's been by far the best major player over the last how many ever years i mean even at augusta like we said mentioned the cut la- missed the cut last year but finished seventh second 11th 21st and then you look at how else he's done in all the other majors hunt man it's i mean if if a four-time major champion could go under the radar anymore i i, I think kepka definitely has that title that, that's pretty incredible and like you said t-w he doesn't have a bad record here at augusta national i mean you just said i mean he missed the cut last year but he's coming off injury i just throw that out but 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 uh, tie for seventh, second, and eleventh. Right before that, and then again, I like his current form. I know earlier in the year when he misses cuts at, at Mayakova and, and Houston, that was before the the uh, uh, turn of the calendar year, and then missed the cut at in, in San Diego. Uh, Tory Pines after that missed the cut in L.A. Heck, he even missed the cut at the Players last month. But he's had a bunch of good finishes, including the tie for third at Phoenix, including the tie for fifth in the match play some good solid tournaments at the Honda and the Valspar. 
I don't know. And, and then not, not bad play. I mean, yeah, he, uh, you know, he beat Rahm in 19 holes. He lost to Dustin Johnson two up, but that was a heck of a match. But making it all the way to the quarterfinals, I, I think his game is, is trending upward. And here, here's just reading off Kepka's latest major finishes here. Sixth, fourth, second, the miscut last year. Seventh, 29th, fourth, second, win, second, win, 39th, win, 13th, 16th, win, 11th, fourth, 13th, 21st, T5, T10. I mean, I'm just seeing the millions go into the bank account as, as we look at it. I mean, that is a top 10 major machine yeah. there, Sam. And, and there's not – we always talk about the young guys on tour right now, but if you still consider Brooks Kepka one of the younger guys – He's really one of the only ones that's a surefire Hall of Famer right now. I mean, it, it, all of these other guys mm-hmm. still have stuff to prove. Kepka's already proved it, and and that's one of the reasons why I think that you know he's a very very scary guy to underestimate this week. Well, like Tita just said, a guy in his last three majors has had a, a, a tie for second, tie for fourth, tie for sixth in his last three majors. I, no, I'm, I, he, he's definitely going to be one of my picks. Deb, what do you think about Cantlay this week? Now, Cantlay, obviously not on his best form, um, or really, you know, just not on the super elite form uh, that he was on last year when he won Player of the Year, but still one of the best players on paper this week. What do you, how do you give uh, Patrick Cantlay's chances this week? And we forget, T-Dub, that he had the lead back in 2019. 29- 19 at one point, and then mm-hmm. what put it in the water at, at 15, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Cantley did. Or, yeah, he, he no, he eagled, he eagled 15 and uh, to, or, to get the lead over time. Right, that's right. And, and then he then he three putted yep. uh, 16, yep. is what happened. And I think he bogeyed 17. It, yeah, he, yep. Okay, that's right. That's what he did. That's what he did. But my point is, he had the lead late, and then, you know, uh, where did he finish it in that Masters? I mean, he, he fell back at the end. And so, you know, he, he was kind of an afterthought afterward, but, but he had shot a, a 64 in the third round, finished with a 68, even with the bogeys of 16-17. Uh, anyway, um, I don't know as far as what I'm going to do with him for this week. He had a good run of good finishes uh, back in, in January, February. His current form is not quite, is not quite as good. Um, I mean, could he win? Of course he could win. He's probably not going to be one of my picks. Uh, I guess I'd probably have more confidence in him if he, you know, he missed the cut at the players, had a 77 in the second round there. Uh, his, his match play, you know, not not that great. Uh, lost five and four to Seamus Power at the match play. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's a darn good player. I'm just not going to be picking him this week. Yeah, and you, we mentioned that missed cut at the players, and I, I had him picked that week because I'll keep saying he missed the cut with the. Was good he on the wrong side of the draw? He was on the good side the of the draw and still missed the oh, cut. Oh, was he on the good side? Okay, Th- that's, yeah, that's okay. how you. That's how you know that someone's not playing very good. When you get the good side of the draw, you still don't have it. And you know the point I'll make about Cantlay is that four of his last five rounds, he's losing strokes gained approach. I so, was just about to bring that up, T Dub. That's the glaring stat so far this year. Hadn't or only had one throw out uh, the waste management, and then that means that he had. Hadn't had a tournament where he was gaining strokes gained approach uh, for the whole tournament since the century, right? Yeah, since January. And so it's, it really seems like, Hunt, man, that he lost that playoff to Scotty Scheffler. You know, that was the start of, of Scheffler's run since then. 33rd at the Genesis when he always plays good at Riviera, so that was really bad. And then the two starts since then. So it's like if he is going to catch some form, Hunt, man, it seems like he's going to have to find it pretty quick. Yeah. 
Um, so, no, he, he's not going to be on my list. I mean, but there's so, so many. I mean, you look at the top-ranked players in the world, you know, starting with, with, with Scotty Scheffler. He's only played in a couple of Masters. Rom is, is uh, what, what is this teed up for Rom? Is this number six or seven as, as far as the Masters? I think six. Uh, let, let me confirm that. Okay. Really. I think six. Okay. But but anyway, I, it, it's amazing. The average winner here, I think, is this will you know, be the six Masters for John Rom. He's okay. had uh, four straight top ten finishes. Okay, so so you know it's normally, um, you know, it, it takes you a few years, guys. I mean, we say you know Fuzzy's last one to win in his first try, nineteen seventy nine, and it's even tough. I think in the second, third, and fourth, you get up to the sixth, seventh year. That's why the the average winner. You know, is uh, you know playing for the sixth, seventh time. Rom, great track record. I mean, fourth and eighteen, tie for ninth and nineteen, tie for seventh and, and twenty, tie for fifth and twenty-one. He's got a tremendous, tremendous uh, track record here. I, his current form though scares me a little bit. Right, guys. Yeah, I mean, one hundred percent. I absolutely agree because he's he, losing shots around the green and putting yeah, so far in twenty twenty two. We've talked about how bad his putting's been this year, but he's actually having a worse chipping year than he is putting yep. year. And if the wind gets up like it's supposed to, Hunt Man, you know his ball strike will be able to carry on some holes. But there's going to be plenty of holes where he's going to miss the green just because it can't be hit. And then with how hard it is to get up and down around there, if you're struggling with your chipping, I mean that is that's no fun at all. Uh, speaking of his chipping, uh, he. <laughs> Did you hear what he had to say in his press conference today about asking Tiger for advice and and uh, trying to get a little uh, advice from Tiger on his chipping? And and he says he says Justin Thomas is the only one getting advice from Tiger. I mean that is I, <laughs> I think you have a clip of that, don't you, Dad? We'll we'll play that here. I think there's only one man in this field that hears advice from Tiger because I've asked before and I get nothing. <laughs> so you might need to ask Justin Thomas because I'm not. <laughs> I've, I've asked him before. I, I remember asking him at Eastlake the year he won before we in the putting green in the practice round, like, hey, man, any tips for, for Bermuda, this and that? And he turned around and just said, it's all about feel. And let's keep going. <laughs> and I was like, cool, thank you. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, I asked him at Albany once about chipping into the gray. I, like, I just got to be shallow. I'm like, okay. Right. Meanwhile, I turn around and JT is there with him. He's getting a whole dissertation on what to do. So, uh, yeah, I've been able to ask other players. I've picked uh, Phil's brain around here, um, Ollie a little bit, but I feel like the course when Ollie played it and he played his best golf has changed a little bit. Um, and even from when Sevi played it, right? I mean, you might be able to do some of the things um, they talked about, but the golf ball has changed. The wedges have changed. The golf course, the speed of the greens, the firmness has changed, right? So um, some of the things you might be able to apply, some others, not really. Yeah, that was John Rahm earlier today, and uh, he sounds a little resentful uh, of JT. <laughs> like this. JT is the one that gets all the attention. John Rahm doesn't get anything from Tiger. Well, and it feels like, you know, we, we were talking earlier about, about Phil, and it seems like, you know, when they first came out, you know, Rahm was kind of Phil's boy, right, because they both went to Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Tim Mickelson, who was the coach at Arizona State, stopped coaching to caddy for for Rom, I believe, for a little bit, or to come caddy for Phil. Either one. Nevertheless, no. you know, everyone knew that he was going to be just this world class player, and and Phil kind of took him under his wing. So I kind of think that you know, there's a little bit of uh, I guess uh, mentor uh, rivalry there between Tiger and Phil. You know, I think Tiger wants JT to be the better of those two players, Sam. Well, yeah, he coached Rom, he and then he he. Uh, 
let's see, did he quit being Rom's agent to, to go caddy for Phil? Yes. He left Arizona State to go yeah. be the manager for John Rom yeah. and then went to go yeah. caddy for Phil when Bones left. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, no, hey, John Rom's a, a, a heck of a player. And, and could he win here this week? Yeah. No, he, he could definitely win here this week. I'm just saying – his current form, I mean, last year, he had a tremendous year last year. Not only did he win the U.S. Open, but, but he tied for fifth here at Augusta National. He tied for eighth at the PGA, and he tied for third at the Open Championship. You know, that's the top eight finishes in all four yep. majors. Uh, that's, that's pretty darn good. And then, uh, you know, the, the Tour Championship really, you know, ties for first if we're talking about a 72-hole event of the Tour Championship. Uh, and then comes out this year early with a, a – second at the tournament of champions and a tie for third at the farmers where he loves Tory pines, yep. even a top 10 in Phoenix. I'm just saying his, his form here in the last, you know, a month, six weeks is not what it was earlier in the year. One thing that should make you feel better um, about John Rom dad is that he is the data golf favorite. He has an 88% chance to make the cut a 27.4% chance to finish in the top five and an 8.3% chance. That's a full percentage point higher than dust uh, than uh, Justin Thomas, uh, who is in second on data golf as their favorites. Uh, so that should make you feel a little bit better Dad. Well, number two player in the world. I'm not going to count him out. Absolutely. Dad, what are you hearing about the defending champion, Hideki Matsuyama? I know that there was a little bit of an issue, I think, with his neck, right? Yeah, no, uh, definitely was. Uh, he, he met the media this morning. He was the, the first press conference this morning. Uh, Hideki is going to play, I can tell you that. Uh, I think. I mean, he, he says he's been out here. He had a couple of good practice rounds, so... Uh, you know, obviously he's hosting the uh, champions di- uh, dinner tonight, T Dub. But what's but, on the menu um, tonight? <laughs> I I do not have it. Uh, <laughs> there was some sushi as far as the appetizers. Um, I I don't have it in front of me again, Sam. But I know that I would have been uh, uh, ordering the steak. There there is some steak available, and that's what that would have been my order. All right, I'm trying to get it pulled up here. So, I mean, Hump Man, if you can, can you remember some of the best uh, the best champions dinners from the past? I remember seeing an article earlier that that Adam Scott came out and said that Bubba Watson by far had the worst champions dinner, and it didn't look that bad. It had some grilled chicken, little macaroni and cheese, I think, mashed potatoes. <laughs> I mean, it seemed pretty no. good. No, I think the worst of all time was Sandy Lyle, who served the haggis. Uh, oh <laughs> back man. After- Right. Sandy Lyle, he, he won it. He won it in 1988, and that was that was my first year. I mean, so he hosted the the uh, champions dinner in 1989. Uh, but but I have to admit, I mean, if, if he's serving up haggis, and and that's the thing about the champions dinner, they they give you the opportunity to to order something else, right? I mean, <laughs> they don't force you. Yeah. All right. I have I have the the menu okay. here for for tonight's dinner. Some of these Japanese words I'm gonna go ahead and just not even pronounce. I'll go with the words that I that I know. We're gonna have sushi and chicken skewers for the appetizer. That sounds pretty good. Um, got a little black cod on what there. Is that? Is, a, is that fish? Cod's a fish. Cod's fish yeah, yeah. yeah. Cod fish. Then we have a. It looks like a beef ribeye with mixed mushrooms and vegetables. I mean, that sounds... That's what I would order. That yeah. sounds really good. And that, I'm assuming that's a Japanese cut, one of the real yep. fancy good ones. And so then for dessert, we got uh, Japanese strawberry uh, shortcake. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys. I love me some shortcake, yeah, especially if you put loaded up with the whipped cream. Definitely well, have some hey, 
Go ahead. Hey, and as far as the Champions Dinner, Augusta National did a great piece in, in their Sunday edition where they previewed the tournament. And and they talked about how it started 70 years ago. It was Ben Hogan that drafted a letter suggesting a, a stag dinner for all the previous champions. And, and then honorary invitations would be given to the club president, Bobby Jones, and the chairman, uh, Clifford Roberts. And so the dinner would be held on Friday of Masters Week starting at 7.15, all right? On Friday, so a lot of people probably – uh, you know, are, are surprised that they used to have this dinner on Friday night. The Champions Dinner remained on Friday for seven years. Uh, started in, in 1952, and so it, it changed uh, to Tuesday in, in 1959 uh, was the first time that it was ever held uh, on a Tuesday. But but anyway, they did a great story about, you know, now, Byron Nelson was the favorite of Clifford Roberts, and he used to host the dinner. And then recent years, Byron Nelson, you know, turned the reins over to Ben Kinshaw, uh, that they used to always have Sam Snead come up at the end of the dinner, and, and Sam would would uh, uh, tell a, a dirty joke at the end of the <laughs> of the dinner. That you know, it, it's it's kind of like what 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 happens uh, during the Champions Dinner stays in, in the Champions Dinner, right? Yep. I mean, that's uh, and the no, definition of a, a secret fraternity, right I there. Love I that. mean, if you could just get yeah. like thirty second clips of any of those dinners, <laughs> they got to be worth millions of dollars, something, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would it would be fun uh, to you know to to hear the stories you know from from Sam Snead Fuzzy. You know, after Sam Snead was gone, they said Fuzzy. You know, called Crenshaw and volunteered. Say, hey, if you want me to, to you know, uh, tell the dirty story at the end of the dinner, I'll be glad to do it. And Crenshaw <laughs> kind of laughed him off, and and, and uh, I think said basically thanks, but no thanks to Fuzzy. But <laughs> but anyway, it is what it's it, it, it's one of the great uh, traditions uh, here at Augusta National. But but yeah, you 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 try to to get these, uh, you know, like no past champion would 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 spill the beans on a Sam Snead joke. Uh, uh, you know, Floyd admitted, he's, he goes, I don't feel comfortable telling them to another man. And <laughs> Fuzzy said, well, Fuzzy said, were they the worst I ever heard? And he said, yeah, probably so. And, and Larry Mize, you know, is a good Christian guy. He says, I'm not going to repeat any of them. I can't repeat them. <laughs> and, uh, Charles Cootie said, Oh, I remember a few of them, but I don't, I don't feel comfortable repeating them. So, uh, anyway, uh, today there's there's no appointed joke teller. Ian Woosnam, uh, you know, tried to to take that job at one time. Uh, he did it one year and, and wasn't asked to do it again. Fuzzy, you know, like you said, he said <laughs> he told Crenshaw. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> he flushed. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Fuzzy told him that, that he would step into that role if, if needed. So, anyway. <laughs> that, that's great stuff. Now, we're talking about Hideki being uh, the champion from last year. Now, Xander Shoffley from last year, if you don't remember, there was a wall of wind that hit his ball on 16 <laughs> at Augusta, uh, according to Dottie Pepper. But how do you give uh, Xander's chances this week? And, um, you know, as far as Xander goes, he looks to be one of the favorites on paper. Now, he didn't play great at the match play, um, but other than the match play so far this year, he's played really solid um, and, and throwing, out, throwing out the players yeah. a little bit because of the weather. Um, but at the Valspar, okay. the Genesis, and the Waste Management, he played really solid golf and obviously loves Augusta. So what do you think about Xander this week? Oh, I mean, you'd be uh, – foolish to count him out i mean he's already had a, a second a third here at augusta national remember he was right in there 
you know, in, in the battle with Tiger back in 2019 before he tied for second there, tied for third uh, last year. Um, you know, had the 72. The, you, you mentioned the wall of wind uh, that his ball hit at number 16. That's what Dottie Pepper, Dottie Pepper said it hit a wall of wind at least. Um, but the guys, the guy, I know you've had fun with that over the last year, and I did, but, but still, the guy's a very solid player. Um, tied for 12th at the Valspar a few weeks ago. You might throw out the, the players with the weather situation and so forth. Had a tie for third in Phoenix. So his current form is not that bad. And so, no, the guy's just, I, I mean, wouldn't you say, uh, T-Dub, over, if you're looking at, at, at uh, you know, golf over the last, you know, three or four years and even majors, uh, the guy's had a bunch of, of top finishes in majors. He just hadn't quite got the job done. He did win the Olympics. Uh, last year um so and he's had some good finishes also in the u.s open so i wouldn't count him out now t-dub i want to ask you a question about xander now he he has played really solid golf here but hadn't gotten the job done what do you think xander needs to do this week to finally break through and get that green jacket well it's an interesting conundrum right you know we talked about you know hasn't won on the pga tour or besides the olympics like everyone's going to shout out and say that he won hasn't won anywhere besides 2019 at century so you know me thinking yes you got really good golf but you know are you able to finish we've talked about rom not being able to finish and so i think just it's just a certain an extra element that you have in your system and you know i think the thing sam that that we kind of overshadow is the fact of yes we're making fun of dotty pepper for the wall of wind the reason we do that is because there wasn't a wall of wind like we forget how bad that shot actually was that xander hit and it's when you don't have a chance or when you have a reputation of not being able to finish tournaments and then you hit shots that are that bad you know there's a difference between missing that tier on 16 and leaving it up top by a yard or whatever but he hit it 15 yards short in the water like you don't ever see anyone do that so i don't know how man just i'm sitting back and thinking on it you know great play but at the same time if you can't finish you know there's something going on there well and to your point he's been right there so many times what finished second four times last year he's had 10 second place finishes in his career that's a bunch now he's one of he's won four he's got four pga tour titles but 10 second place finishes he's had nine top tens in majors guys he's been there a bunch of times nine top tens but it's time to start getting it done i mean he's 28 years old now only his fifth masters uh but still you're you're there that many times it means you'll probably get it done sooner or later uh, but what you're saying, T-Dub, it's time, and there's something wrong when you're there that many times and you're the second-place finisher e- each time. Uh, you- you're making one or two big mistakes down the stretch that are costing you these tournaments. And, and you know, we're, we we just mentioned Cantlay losing to uh, Scheffler in the playoff. You know, uh, Scheffler missed that playoff by one stroke, and he had one of the worst putting weeks he's had of, of all time. So, you know, you could tell down the stretch. I remember watching that tournament. He had so many opportunities to get it done, and – I, those those eight footers just weren't going in, and those are the putts, Sam, that you got to make to win major championships. Yeah, no doubt. Um, a guy that has been putting a lot better this year is Justin Thomas, and I think that he's probably the most popular bet this week um, at Augusta National because of just the current form, um, and it, it, he just seems like the best player in the world right now to me. I know that Scotty Scheffler is the number one ranked player in the world, but I think that Justin Thomas, I would put up against anybody, even Rom or Scheffler. What are you hearing about Justin Thomas's game this week? There was a lot of talk about Tiger in that practice round, but what what have you heard about Justin Thomas? 
Well, I mean, I heard a couple say that, that he was bragging on Tiger, that he was hitting it right up there with Justin Thomas, and, and couples called him, you know, it, when he referred to Thomas, he's ranked number seven right now, but couples called him one of the two or three best players in the world. And I think I think you're right, Sam. Uh, just what, what he can do uh, with, you know, with his irons, with, uh, you know, he can move it you know, right to left when he needs to. But, I mean, obviously left to right is, is the, the stock shot. He, he's, he's not that short. What I like about Justin Thomas is, is his creativity uh, around the greens. Uh, to me, uh, that's, you know, that. And, and when he gets hot with the irons, he can be about as good as anyone with his irons. When he gets hot, um, it, does, it bothers me, guys, that he hadn't won a major since that 2017 PGA. But, but he has closed the door a bunch of times. 14 PGA Tour wins. He's only 28 years old. That 14 wins already. This is the seventh Masters. That makes sense. He was fourth here behind DJ in 2020. I know that was the fall Masters. He won the players last year. Uh, he's got 21 wins worldwide. And he's got five top tens in majors. He said today, he goes, I, hey, listen, there, there's no way around it. He goes, I've. I, I'm not proud of my, my record in majors. I mean, he thinks that his record majors should be better to, than it is given the type of player that he is, and I agree with him. I just have a, I just have a feeling this is his week, guys. In fact, I, I'll, I'll make my pick right here. Uh, I'll make it tomorrow on the Sports Animal. I, I'm picking Justin Thomas to win this golf tournament. Hey, I like that pick. He's having his best putting year since 2018. And, Dad, this – and T-Dub, excuse me, I want to ask you about this. This is a crazy stat. He hasn't had a specific area of his game where he has lost strokes in any tournament since the waste management where he lost uh, over half a shot putting. But, I mean, that's pretty unbelievable. And he only has two other areas throughout the whole 2022 season that would be around the greens at the Farmers and off the tee at the Farmers. Other than that, he's absolutely dominating, gaining 2.33 shots on the field per round this year in 2022. What have you seen from Justin Thomas, t Well, I'll say this. I mean, I remember early in the year, we, we talked about Rom struggling with this putter. I mean, JT was not putting good at all. And you look at it, you look at it, guys, two of the last three events that they've had uh, strokes gained, the match play don't have that. He gained over three-fourths of a stroke on the green. So, JT is similar to, like, Dustin Johnson's overall game with JT's putter where he just gets real streaky. Well, it seems like he's on a streak of putting pretty well. And I will say this, too. He's having his best driving year that I think he's ever had on PGA Tour. He's hitting it about as far as he did whenever he won in 2017, like Huntman mentioned. And he's in essentially the straightest he has in his career. So, I don't want to jump on everyone's bandwagon here, especially the Huntman's, but Justin Thomas is my pick to win as well. I was actually on the side of I, th- I thought there was going to be a JT Cam Smith playoff until I saw Cam's pairing and I think that's going to cost him one or two strokes there but uh, but yeah I, I just love JT I'll say the one thing I am worried about Huntman is that the the last time that he played in the stroke play event at the Valspar he he missed he had iron opportunities on 15 16 17 and and he missed the fair one 18 uh, and he ended up only mi- missing the playoff by one stroke but he did not hit good iron shots in there so I just hope that the as well as he is with his irons, that really shocked me that he wasn't able to hit good shots down the stretch. So I just hope that doesn't linger with him going into this event. But I would be extremely shocked if he wasn't in the top ten. I totally agree, T-Dub. Now, one guy that's going really under the radar this week that might be a really solid dark horse type player is Sam Burns. He's won three times in the calendar year. 
Now, Dad, what what do you what do you like about Sam Burns' game, and do you think a young guy like that can contend this week at Augusta? Well, that's the thing. I mean, at Augusta, I'm always going to be skeptical. I don't care how good the player is. I mean, what, what, when he doesn't have much of a track record at Augusta National, I'm I'm not going to, you know, normally not going to pick the guy. But having that on Sam Burn, and this is his first Masters, um, but. You know, he won the bounce bar, you know, again this year after winning it last year. Uh, Sanderson Farms, so he's won three times. Um, played in the Tour Championship last year. I mean, the guy is only 25 years old. Uh, tremendous ball striker. But but seems, I, I don't know, when I think of Sam Burns, T-Dub, it just seems, he seems to have the complete game. There doesn't seem to be any major, do you see major weaknesses in his game? I mean, he is ranked number 11 in the world, so. He's got to be doing something right. No, no, yeah. You, you don't see a whole much wrong going there. And you look at him every year, guys. You know, his first three years essentially on tour, he, he didn't hit the he didn't hit his irons very well and he wasn't a very good chipper. This year, he's gaining .84 approach and .25 around the green. So two areas of his game that have drastically improved. You look at the driving and the putting, it's all been about the same throughout his whole career. But I, I completely agree with Huntman in the sense of it's your first it's your first Masters. And, you know, there's a reason we bring – Fuzzy Zeller's not only the last person to do it, he's the only person to do it, to, to play it in your first time, except for um, Horton Smith in the very first inaugural Masters. You can't if – you, if you only played one, one tournament or whatever, you can't get in. Right. So I completely agree that Sam Burns – and, you know, I will say this, I think we're going to have a good battle between – because Sam Burns and Taylor Gooch are by far the top-ranked players in the field who are at their first appearance here. Yep. So I think we're going to have a pretty good battle between those two guys to figure out who beats them. I don't think either one of them will end up wearing the green jacket, unfortunately, but I do think both of them will be top 25. Dad, what And he also had a, he had a top 10 at Bay Hill also. Tied for ninth at Bay Hill. That was tough, tough conditions uh, at Bay Hill this year. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, he mentioned Taylor Gooch, Dad, and there was a funny story about Taylor Gooch uh, being asked politely to put on the rain pants uh, when he showed up at Augusta National with shorts on uh, for the practice round the other day. Uh, Did you get to talk to Taylor or see Taylor about that? No, I have not seen Taylor Gooch, but that's just that was funny for one thing. For another thing, it's just hard for me to believe that Taylor Gooch would think that he could just trot out there in shorts at Augusta National. The ultimate first time well, first timer mistake there. But anyways, Dad, what what do you think? <laughs> there is a dress code here. It really yeah. is funny. But uh, to be fair to Taylor, it's it's legal on the PGA tour to wear shorts in the practice round. So that that is okay. legal. At least, you, at least you. he didn't do it you. on Thursday, right? Exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> as far as TG goes, Dad, what would Taylor Gooch have to do as a first timer to contend? Well, and T Dub, you guys are so much better than me on on all your strokes gained numbers, and and uh, you do such a great job on breaking down strengths and weaknesses of a guy's game, but. But uh, listening to the podcast, as much as I do, uh, Taylor Gooch, I mean, it sounds like to me he's just an excellent ball striker and that his iron play, it, you know, is, you know, the the, uh, the strength of his game. I mean, it's a second shot golf course. Uh, so he's got that going for him uh, right here. Also, he, he tied for seventh at Bay Hill uh, in very tough conditions that we talked about. Uh, obviously got the win at the RSM last year. Uh, tied for fifth in the players uh, last year in, in, in 2021. So, I mean, he, he's played, 
you know, he's had a couple of big events, and, and I mean, players is not a major. You know, Bay Hill is not a major, but it, it, it played like a major this year. And so, uh, hey, the, the guy's just a good, solid player. Uh, would love to see him have some success this week here at Augusta National. I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of him. And as you guys have talked about, he's been a, a frequent guest on the podcast. I mean, I know this. The guy's banking a bunch of money. I know he's had three top fives on the PGA Tour this year. Um, and so, you know, he played on a very good golf team at OSU. I mean, you know, so he's played in, in big tournaments before. His team was the runner-up, uh, I think, as Prairie Dunes back in 2014. Um, you know, so, um, listen, I mean, you know, he's capable of going low. He shot 22 under when he won at Sea Island. That tied the tournament record there. So, only his first Masters. I, I won't be picking him to win, but uh, I'll, I'll be pulling for him. Yeah, he's, he's having his best iron year that he's ever had, and he's one of the best iron players in the world, and having his best chipping year as well. And let's not forget, guys, Taylor, Taylor knows how to draw the ball as well. So I think there's yep. going to be a lot of those holes he's going to be able to get. I think he's going to be one of the uh, the bright stars in the first time. But you mentioned OSU there, Hump Man, and talk about flying under the radar. Somehow we have not mentioned Victor Hovland this show. <laughs> right. And, you know, I think we, we get caught up in how bad his chipping is. You know, looking at it, there's only been one event going back to last October that he's gained strokes around the green. So that's definitely a hole in his game. So, Huntman, what do you what do you expect to see from Hovland uh, this week? Well, what it's his, his third Masters. He, he's already had four top twenty fives in majors. Uh, you know, he, he's won a couple of events, but as you guys always talk about, uh, you know, he hadn't won here. You know, on the mainland, uh, so to speak. I mean, he 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 won uh, what twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one in Mayacoba. He he won at Puerto Rico. Um, he, he won the, the 2021 BMW. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, but this is his, uh, what, um, it was Loam um, in, the, he, he was in Butler's cabin with Tiger, you yep. know, when Tiger Absolutely. won. Yeah, in, 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 32nd. Yeah, in, in, in uh, 2019. But uh, uh, the guy is such a good ball. You, you've talked about it, T-Dub. This has become more of a ball striker's golf course. We used to say is the best putter wins at Augusta National. Uh, no, you, it, it's, I think you guys phrased it well. It's, it's, it's uh, among the top ball strikers. It's who has the best putting week among the, the top ball strikers. And he is definitely one of the top uh, ball strikers in the world. That's one is one of the top ranked players in the world. So uh, I, I would just be a little surprised just because of what you talked about with the chipping. I mean, you know, this um, you're going to miss some greens here at Augusta National, and you have to be a good chipper of the golf ball. He's not a great chipper, so – I would think that he would win other majors before he wins here at Augusta. And, and Sam, we, we talked about this at the Ryder Cup where we could tell he wasn't putting very well, and that was one of the reasons he wasn't right. able to win his matches. But we look he was at this. pulling all his putts. A pulling, yeah, sh- bringing it back shut. Six out of his last seven tournaments, he's not only gained strokes putting, but he's gained almost half a stroke putting in almost all of those events. So, I mean, it seems like if he's putting well, he can probably get around the chipping well somewhat. I, I totally agree with that. Uh, I do want to ask you guys a question about two guys that aren't necessarily on their best form. Now, would you guys pick this week Colin Morikawa or Jordan Spieth in a head-to-head matchup? I, I'll, I'll answer that. I'll take I'll take Jordan Spieth just based on his track record at Augusta National. I know I know his current form is not what it was last year coming into this, where he's coming in off the win and at the Texas Open. But I know this: he's had five top threes. 
here at Augusta National. Five top threes, including the, the when he won it in 2015, he went wire to wire. Um, so, but 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 I'll, I'll say this: Yeah, the current form's not good, but last year um, he was he was runner up at the uh, Open Championship last year. Um, great track record at Augusta National. Tremendous. I mean, you know. He's already won what? Teed up three majors. Uh, Jordan Spieth. Yep. Yep. Um, Lacking the PGA Championship for a Grand Slam, but so we could see uh, Spieth get into that leader category at Southern Hills. So, um, you know, just just to piggyback off that point, Hunt man, I'll say this: you know, there was only one player last week at, at Valero that who had a better strokes gain approach than Spieth, and that was Russell Henley, who I think has a really good really? chance this week. So it seems like we we talk about how he's playing golf swing. He figured out something there a little bit, and I'll bring this up about Morikawa. He, he's having his worst iron year by far that he's had on the tour, and he's having his worst chipping year. So I, I, I agree with Hunt, man. I think Spieth found a little something. I'm not going to pick him to win, but I would definitely go Spieth over Morikawa, Sam. I agree with that. I agree with you guys on both of those guys. But he, here is the main question of the week. Dad, I'll ask you first. What would be a successful week for Tiger Woods this week, and what would you – pick him or where would you pick him to finish in the tournament this week? <laughs> I Sam, I mean, I have no idea because I'm a guy that goes off of current form and so forth. <laughs> when you throw a guy out there that, that had, I mean, you know, that, that last, I mean, the, his last tournament was the 2020 masters, right? T-Dub. I mean, that's the last time he played in the tournament was, was November of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was last because he had a, uh, uh, no, I don't know. It was a surgery. Yeah, it was his back surgery, back surgery but it yeah. wasn't as, yeah, it wasn't like a fusion. Surgery. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Sam, I, I'll say this. I, I, there's no way I believe that he's going to play here. You know, if he thought he would embarrass himself. I mean, he, he thinks, that he's ready to compete. None of us know what what even thirty six straight holes, you know, uh, you know, in two days in a row will, will do to his legs. Much less fifty four or seventy two if he's able to make the cut and play here. My my best guess is I would expect him to make the cut. I would say somewhere a, a finish between uh, twenty five and and thirty. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should say between 25 and 35, something like that. But I mean, you know, to to make the cut, but not be a not not be in in, in contention to win on the back nine. Uh, but but I'm just saying it, it's got to count for something that that he knows how to get around this golf course. I mean, again, 23 starts here and 14 top tens, 14 top tens in in, in 23 starts. All right, the five victories. Only one miscut here. Came as an amateur in 1996. His second year, he made the cut his first year in 95. Missed the cut as an am in 96. Then we know what he did in 1997, setting all kinds of records uh, back in 1997. But, but yeah, I, you know, right here, he's had eight top threes, 12 top fives, 14 top tens, 18 top 25s on this golf course. Yeah, I think he's going to make the cut. So I would say make the cut. But uh, top 10, I would say no. But still, not bad for a guy ranked number 973 in the world. <laughs> and and you know, I'll, I'll say this to, to your question, Sam. You know, is it, is it what is a good week for, like, me as us as fans? Or what is a good week for, for him as a, as a golfer? What do you consider a success? I, I would consider, 
if we get to see him four rounds, I think that's a success because right. I, I I could see a situation where let's say he makes the cut on the number or whatever, and then mm-hmm. and then plays bad on Saturday. I could see a scenario where he ends up not playing. Let me Sunday. ask it this way: What's the best finish you see Tiger having this week? Does he actually have a chance to win? I see. It, it's so hard because you know, like when <laughs> you're such a, when you're such though. a fan, like you, you have the the thought of is it just my fandom that thinks this? I mean, <laughs> is it would it be an absolute stunner of all proportions if he won? Yes, but what did I, you I mean, say? We were talking about it off the air. It wouldn't be the greatest comeback in sports. It would be the greatest comeback in life in general. I mean, yeah, in the history of ever. If you just think about anyone in their workplace or anything they do for a living, it's like how could you do better than this? I mean, a professional <laughs> sport and you almost have your leg amputated and you beat everyone in the field. You know, and I'll say this for Tiger. It's like if he just makes the cut and kind of trots along, I think he'll find positives in it, but I don't think he would consider it a success. I think for him a success is only going to be if somehow he wins, or let's just say, for example, you have someone like Spieth did when he shot 18 under, DJ going 20 under. You know, if Tiger shoots 14 under and gets beat or something, I mean, there's only so much you can do. So, But I will say this, and I want to see what y'all think about this. If Tiger somehow does get into contention, I think the Tiger effect is going to start happening again. Guys are going to crumble left and right if they see his name on the leaderboard. I totally agree with that, and we haven't seen it really since 2019, but we saw it not only the just the, you know, all the fans at the Tour Championship and at Belle Reve and all of that leading up to the last Masters, but... I mean, let's go back to it. 12 at Augusta in 2019 when all the guys hit it in the water. These guys have never experienced playing with Tiger Woods. These young guys don't know what they're in for. If Tiger is as healthy as, you know, as he was in 2019, I think that, like I said, kind of about Kepka, he's a scary guy to underestimate even to the nth degree to that point with Tiger Woods. If you underestimate Tiger Woods, you're going to get burned. I think that Tiger Woods plus 110 to make the cut is sure money. It's it's it, it's You bet the mortgage on it. Bet the house on it, like T-Dub always says, that Tiger Woods will no, make please, the cut. Please, don't bet the house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I bet the house on anything. But, uh, well, but hey, have we mentioned his age, guys? That he's 46 years old. 46, um, yep. Jack, Jack, Jack won here at 46, but you know what? If Tiger did win, he would be even older than Jack because Jack wow. has a January birthday, and Tiger, of course, is December 30th of 75, and so he would be even older. So he, but we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Well, but he would be, if, if he did, he would be the oldest ever to win. And I'll say this you know, we, we, we talk about how open this field is, right? Because of all great players, but. I mean, we could go through the top ten in the world like we have, and we can find flaws in every one of them to some extent. I mean, Scotty Scheffler's number one in the world, and he's like the most unknown number one that we've ever had besides maybe Martin Keimer. So, <laughs> I mean, it's – like I said, you can go through every one, and I mean, it's not – like there's no surefire bet. Like like the year DJ had to withdraw, he was like by far the big favorite, right? Dad, we don't have one of those this Is year. this the most open year you can remember uh, for a Masters, especially with just how many elite – good golfers there are on the PGA Tour right now. Yeah, it's for what T-Dub just said. I mean, Scotty Scheffler, nothing against Scotty Scheffler, but this is only his third. I mean, he just became number one. No, no one is going, oh, yeah, Scotty Scheffler should win, you know, going away this week. No no one is talking like that. Rom, you know, he, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of respect for John Rom, 
but because of current, I mean, he, he never has won a green jacket yet. Colin Morikawa, yeah, I mean, he's, 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 he's done a tremendous job getting up to number three in the world, you know, uh, winning a, a, a PGA, a, a Open Championship and so forth. But, I mean, no, and, and Victor, I mean, we've gone through them all, like you say. Cantley, Cam Smith, Justin Thomas. I mean, Justin Thomas's record. I mean, I'm picking the guy, and and I listen. I can't defend his major record. You know, since since he won uh, that PGA in 2017, Dustin Johnson. His current form wasn't very good last year. You know, until I mean, it's it's getting better recently. Rory, we've talked about. Now his, I mean, you look at it. He's he's got a number of good finishes here at Augusta National, but. I mean, this this guy hadn't won a major since 2014, right? And, and, and softly, right. we've talked. I mean, so, so yeah, you're right. You can poke holes going all the way down, you know, to the. I mean, and but there's Kepka sitting there at number 17 in the world right now, and there's a guy that has won four majors and whose current form is pretty good. I'm going to put Kepka in there as my second choice behind Justin Thomas. You know, guys, we, we've talked about a lot of guys that we think can win. You know, is there anyone inside the top 25 in the world? I think Bryson's probably the biggest example here, so we might not have to throw him in here. But who's someone who's being thrown out there as, as a chance to win or a top high player who we think may end up missing the cut or just won't have a good week? Well, I think Morikawa is definitely one of those guys. Spieth, I'm fading both of those guys this week. What do you think, Dad? Um, well, Bryson at number 19, if we're talking top 25 players, I have Listen, Tony Finau, I, I like the guy, and I know, I realize he does have a good a track record here at Augusta National. Just, you know, if, if I was going to try to pick Tony Finau uh, this week, I mean, it, it would, the current form T-Dub would scare me. I mean, he missed the cut, you know, in San Diego and at Phoenix and at the players, okay? And, and then the ones he made the cut, uh, tied for 33rd in L.A. at the Genesis, you know, tied for 35th in, in the match play. You know, he did beat uh, Shoffley 4-2 and two in the match play. I guess he's got that going for him. But I, I'm just saying, uh, I don't know, the, the good track record here at Augusta National, is that enough to make me pick a guy with no track record recently? I, I wouldn't be stunned if he, if he now missed the cut this week. I, I, I don't get, think he will. I don't think he will. But I'm, I'm just saying if I'm picking a guy that's, you know, in the top 25 in the world that has a chance to, you know, he might be one that, that I would throw out there. And he, he's, having, he's having by far his worst putting year, guys. Out of, out of 209 players strokes game putting, he is 196th. Wow. So one of the worst putters on the tour, probably the worst in the field. T-Dub, now before we came on the air, you said that you read an article that lists out the 22 players that can possibly win the Masters this week. Now, go through that article for me, and, and did it narrow it down to a champion, or does it just give you the 22 guys? So, so it's on golfworks.com. It's an article by Rich Hunt. He's a big analytics guy in the business. So he has some criteria he goes through and eliminates them per field. So I'll just kind of go through the criteria here. I obviously won't list off every player. But uh, the first eliminator is amateurs and first-time attendees since no one ever does that. And then you have the, the old champions, the Freddie Couples, uh, Larry Mises, those type. Then you have one criteria he has that's interesting is if you if you miss the cut the week, if you play the week before and you miss the cut, you have a, a very uh, poor chance. Luckily, Hideki withdrew, so he wasn't in that criteria, but like Bryson and Lee Westwood are in that group. Um, the next one is, is similar to the um, first-timers. It's if you've never made the cut before and then playing the event, you, you don't have a good chance. 
And then the next criteria is if you don't hit it far enough. So guys like Matt Fitzpatrick, Brian Harmon, Kevin Naw are in that group. Um, next is ball height. You have to hit it a certain high. So guys like Daniel Berger, um, Siwoo Kim, Adam Scott are on that list that hit it a little too low. Then the, the final criteria is um, guys who are not performing well from 175 to 225 yards. So essentially long iron play. So like Cantley, like we mentioned, Rory's actually in that group. Louis in that group as well. So I'll just quickly read off here the 22 players that ended up making the list. Um, Tony Fina, who we just ripped on, um, Tommy Fleetwood, Terrell Hatton, Hovland, Sungjae, DJ Kepka, Kokrak, Luke List, Shane Lowry, Robert McIntyre, Hideki, Morikawa, Neiman, Ryan Palmer, John Rom, Shoffley, Scheffler, Webb Simpson, Cam Smith, JT, Zalatoris. I don't know, Sam. Out of those names, what do you think is the biggest shocker? Luke List. Yeah, I he, was not expecting List to be on the list. He so, so, so I like what you did there. So the guys that are over 100 to 1 on the odds that are on the list, Jason Kokrak, Luke List, Robert McIntyre, uh, Ryan Palmer, and Webb Simpson. Out of those guys, Hunt, man, which, one, which out of those five do you think will have the best week? Okay, give, uh, Webb Simpson was one of them. Uh, Kokrak, who else? Ryan Palmer, Robert McIntyre, and uh, Luke List. Do I have to pick one? <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah, answers the question right there. Basically, <laughs> T-Dub's question is for someone who is wanting to find a guy with really good odds uh, that might have a chance uh, to win the golf tournament analytically. And, and I'll, no, say, I, I'll say this. No, historically, historically, this list, the guys that he has as long shots, generally do pretty well. Top 15, top 20 plays, huh, man? Um, I, I probably have more confidence in, in Webb Simpson than I do a lot of those guys. Although I think I was looking at Webb Simpson earlier today and his, his track record, uh, in his last four tournaments, he had a, a, a 61st and at the Sony missed the cut at the players T 48 at Valspar, uh, T 35 at, at, at the match play where he lost to Bubba Watson, lost to Abe answer at match play. So, for, for being that, he must have some injury or whatever. I, I, I don't know, uh, for, for Webb Simpson. Um, so, so I got, I mean, you're not giving me much, uh, to, to, to choose from there. <laughs> there's so there's I got, a reason there. I got over Kostra, to one. Mac, McIntyre. You said, well, I'll tell you what, McIntyre did finish what tie for 12th here last year. In, in, his, in his first Masters, I want to say. Uh, I'd have to look it up here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, 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 I think out of those guys, home, man, I'd probably go with McIntyre. Like you said, played really well here. Whenever, uh, yeah, 2021 finished 12th last year. Putted really well yeah. here last year, which is something. In your first time here, if you putt well, then you probably got a decent feel of the greens. And he's having his best putting year on tour, Sam. So I, out of those five, I'd probably go with uh, Bobby Mack. I would go Ryan Palmer just on current form. You know, he's played pretty solid lately. Um, obviously, you know, last week playing pretty well um, as well. Dad, I appreciate you joining us today. I know you have to go, but first tell the people, you know, not only your schedule for the week, but what, what are you going to be doing in Augusta when you're not uh, not working? Okay. Uh, and and I, I don't have, I mean, I got a few more minutes, but whatever. Um, let's see. The, the, uh, the, the Hubman's a working man Dude, this you, week. I mean, a workhorse I mean, if I've ever way, seen By a few more minutes, I was trying to spare him 15 minutes to maybe go go to oh, the bathroom okay. or yeah, something. Yeah, it's not like we got an oh, hour here. I, I mean, he's, he's, he's going to get off of here, and he's going to be running to the phone. <laughs> hey, listen, I know when I'm not working, I mean, I grab a, a sub sandwich, and then I and then I go watch live from the Masters. I mean, I, you know, I'm addicted <laughs> to this stuff. No, I'm talking about um, do you ever go out on the ground? What you, what food do you eat at Augusta? Do you go to the concession stand, or what, what kind of food do they have in the media center? 
Oh, they got great food in the media center. Uh, <laughs> we, we talked about the new sausage egg biscuits uh, that I've that I've sampled for breakfast. Uh, no, I mean on a day like today with with press conferences all day, it's just uh, it's it's grabbing a few egg salad sandwiches. Uh, don't know where the turkey sandwiches are this year. I mean they got so many great sandwiches here at Augusta National, but uh, but uh, you know maybe a few muffins, maybe a few Krispy Kreme. I mean there's <laughs> there's uh, plenty of cookies. I mean there's a there's a whole lot uh, there's there's a whole lot of snack food to eat here. So. So I'm not going hungry. That's uh, that's for sure. No, um, I heard a, I heard a good question. Or I saw a good question on Twitter. It was, you know, if you're a first timer at the Masters and it ends up raining and you're not able to do it, where do you go and what do you do? So if you're if you're going to Augusta and it gets end up rained out tomorrow for a delay, what would your advice be to someone there? Um, yeah, well, I mean, if it gets rained out, I mean, like the, when they make you leave the course, like today, I mean, it's you know. Uh, they suspended play at 10:55, and then they cleared the course. I think within a half hour or whatever. But uh, um, oh, I mean, there's 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 you know a lot of great restaurants. T Bones, if you can add T Bones, probably uh, pretty crowded. Uh, your man John Daly's probably holding court down at Hooters. Uh, <laughs> uh, but there's there's a number of places you know on Washington Road, good restaurants. But I'd I'd just go go find some place to go. Me, I mean, you know, if I was forced. <laughs> To leave the golf course, I, no. Um, you know, I like I said, I would, uh, I'd, I'd probably I'd just go find a stake somewhere. I mean, you know, somewhere, someplace like an outback or whatever. Now, Dad. Um, by the way, that that's the nicest media center of all time. Tell the people a little bit about the media center at Augusta, the new one, um, and then tell you know, have you talked to any any big media names in the media center so far this week? I would get in trouble if I, you know, it, you can't take pictures, you know, of the media center. So I, I would, I would take a picture and send it to you guys or whatever. But yep. I can just tell you that if I had to live here, in fact, they have showers and lockers downstairs. I mean, you could just about live here this week, but, uh, <laughs> but, but they, they, uh, it, it just sets at the end of the driving range. It's, I, I can't, I mean, it just looks like some, some uh, Georgia mansion. It is just, it is unbelievable, uh, this place. And, and, and with all sorts of memorabilia, uh, pictures, you know, uh, videos, you know, available and so forth, uh, all, every bit of golf information that you could ever want, uh, two huge screens at the front uh, of the media center with, with you know, uh, scoreboards and, and, you know, HD, you know, huge HD screens. I mean, it's just, uh, this this is just the, the the media is treated better at Augusta National than than any event, not only any golf event, but any event that they're ever going to attend. The media is never going to be treated better than they are here at Augusta National. Who's no up there on Radio Row with you? Oh, we got the amazing Ann Ligori, WFAN <laughs> in New York. Uh, the 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 famous Ann Ligori, who has uh, she has the golf show. In fact, you guys at the show where you guys won your award for top. Uh, podcast Absolutely. of the year and won and won the radio show for the third time right and third third yeah yeah three of the last five times uh, you know Ann Lagori has has won um, so um, but uh, no we have John Patrick the voice of golf in Augusta we have Austin Rhodes who is the the popular drive time afternoon drive time uh, talk show host has been for years. Here in Augusta, uh, uh, they're up here. We got our, our real golf radio guys, uh, Bob Casper, uh, Brian Taylor, up here. So, so we, we miss our man Dan the Duke Davis, uh, who's been 
Uh, he's, he's still with us up in New Hampshire, but he's been gone from Augusta National uh, here for a few years, uh, formerly of, of ESPN fame. But uh, no, we got a, We got a great, uh, great group here on Radio Row. So you guys, you guys need to have uh, Ann Lagori on your podcast sometime. Absolutely, uh, if we could get, uh, if you know anyone who knows her to get a, get her on, we might love to have her. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, three out of five years winning the award. I mean, that's just straight domination, hunt man. I mean, gosh dang, why even enter the contest? Well, yeah, here, here, it's like we were talking about her. You, you the- guys, here, you guys can invite her. You guys can can go ahead and invite her yourself. Uh, oh, oh, wait! No, no, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm sorry. We're not. I forgot that we're not hooked up to the pie line here. Here, I'm trying to you know, put a headset on her. Uh, but anyway, but, but, but t- no, just I'm, tell Ann that you know we were talking about Kepka being the only surefire Hall of Famer. She's already got four majors. You know, we only have one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they said you have four majors, and they only have one. So. Uh, now, now, anyway, now, Huntman, you know, I don't want to overshadow the fact of, you know, like you said, the last time you were there was in 2019 when Tiger won. So it's been three years. What were the emotions like when you finally went back? And and by the way, I was I said on the last podcast, I still consider the streak alive. Oh, my streak of, of 32 straight. Yeah, well, because, we're keeping it alive. Yeah, we, we're, keeping we it alive. we're keeping it alive for sure. Well, yeah, Ann and I really well because there really was no radio row. I mean, in, in 2020, really there there was not not even the Augusta station. In 2021, um, John Patrick, the, the the local station here in Augusta, was the only credential uh, radio station for the 2021 Masters uh, because they did have some patrons and they need to do some traffic and and so forth. But uh, but no, hey, we're we're just glad we're, we we are glad uh, to be back. What Ann and I are checking on is our spot for the lottery. I mean, you can get in the lottery every seven years, and so, oh. so we're we're, we're <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 two of the three times we played together. We we were paired uh, in 1999 and our last uh, time in 2017. So uh, we're 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 wanting these last two that we've missed not to be held against us when it comes to you know seven years before you can get back in the lottery so <laughs> absolutely absolutely well Dad, right. of the guys on the course this week i don't know if you'll give them to me or if you want to give them out on your show tomorrow but top three in a dark horse okay well top three i mean i've already said justin thomas and i'll go with kepka sam i was gonna pick your man cam smith um i'm I think I'm going to have to go with Rom. I, I got to go. I, I think right now the three best players really in the world. I know the the world rankings don't reflect this, but I really do think that the three best players in the world right now, uh, in no particular order, are, are Justin Thomas and Kepka and Rom. And so I, I'm going to put Rom in there at, at number three. And my dark horse, Sam. You you guys mentioned him this last week, Corey Connors. What what is I, I don't have his current world ranking right here in front of me on, on Corey Connors, but when I checked last week, thirty he was uh, he was in the thirties. Yeah, thirty two. Well, he, he tied for eighth here a year ago, and uh, and you know his record last year. I mean, well, I mean even so far this year with uh, Bay Hill, a tie for eleventh. He was eleventh at the Sony. Uh, had a very good match play where he finished third in the match play. Uh, beat uh, DJ in the consolation match there. So Corey Connors is my dark horse. Has to be under uh, blow uh, number twenty-five in the world, outside the top twenty-five, right, Sam? Yeah, so absolutely. I'll go with, 
I'll go with Corey Connors. I know I'm I'm I'm, I'm leaving our man uh, Taylor Gooch out there, but uh, and uh, there's some de- decent ones. I mean, I'm telling you, outside the top 25, you got guys like Will Zalatoris, Patrick Reed, Taylor Gooch. You know, there's some other uh, very solid choices there. Matthew Wolf's only 45 in the world. Heck, Justin Rose, number 56 in the world. I mean, he's got a decent track record here at Augusta National. Current form's not all that great. But I'll, I'll go with Corey Connors. Well, Dad, I really appreciate you taking the time, being so busy down in Augusta, for spending a whole hour with us uh, talking about the Masters. Dad, have a great time the rest of the week. I think we might talk to you on Friday uh, during our middle of the Masters tournament recap. Um, but, Dad, thank you very much. Huntman's the best. The workhorse, Craig Humphreys. Hey, hey, you guys doing a tremendous, tremendous job, and uh, thank you for all the also, my best to, to Kobe Powell. Uh, congratulations, Kobe and Dana, on, on the birth of, of uh, Layla, right? Yes. Uh, yep. Layla born last Sunday. I guess April the 3rd is her birthday. So uh, I, I know you guys miss Kobe, and, and, and we all do, but uh, understand everything's going well. And, again, uh, congrats to, to uh, Kobe and Dana. And, and again, the big story continues to be Tiger Woods. I know you guys are also going to play the, the, the uh, Tiger Sound uh, coming up on, on what he had to say today at his press conference, and I know it's old news by now, but the Tiger definitely will be here uh, this weekend, and that's that, that's that's the big news in, in Augusta, Georgia right now, is that Tiger Woods will be taking part in the 2022 Masters. Uh, but, you know, we, we played, uh, we, we got a few cuts coming up on, on Tiger, on being back, and then on his hard work, and, and then on the fact that you know, he's saying, as of right now, he's planning on playing. He's planning nine-hole uh, practice round tomorrow, and then Tiger Woods planning to tee it up on Thursday morning here at the 2022 Masters. Hey, great job, guys. We'll, we'll talk later in the week. All right, Thank I appreciate you, it, Dad. That was Craig Humphreys of the Sports Animal Sports Morning on the Sports Animal, 9 to noon every weekday. You can catch him, and he's doing master's reports on the Sports Animal throughout the week and the weekend. Uh, coming up after the break, we'll do our DraftKings and one and done and give me and Taylor's picks for the Masters. You're not going to want to miss it. Stay with us here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. It has, and um, when I, I decide to hang it up, when I feel like I, I can't win anymore, and that, that'll be it. Uh, but I feel like I can still do it, and uh, I feel like I still have the hands to do it. Uh, the body's moving good enough. Uh, I've been in, in worse situations and played at one tournaments. Now, uh, haven't been in 
situations like this where I've had to you know walk and endure, you know, when I'm going to you know try and endure, that's going to be different. That's a different challenge. But um, my my back surgeries that I've had before and the stuff I had to play through. Um, even going back to the, the U.S. Open when my leg was a little bit busted, uh, you know, those are all times that I I can draw upon that I was successful. Um, how I've learned how to block things out and focus on what I need to focus on, and uh, that's certainly going to be the challenge this week. And we are back on the 73rd hole. You just heard from Tiger Woods. T-Dub, is Tiger Woods going to be in your DraftKings lineup this week? I don't want to spoil it, Sam, but it's just so good. To hear him there, I, I can't believe it. I am still in utter shock. I, I just I feel like I'm in a dream. I, I truly do. I feel like I'm in a dream, and I haven't woken up. And, I mean, when I wake up, it might be a nightmare because I realize he's not in the field. But I, I, I just pray that there's not any sort of setback because you talk about a buzzkill of mass proportions. That would be the all-timer. But I, I'm, and I think I'm a little too optimistic on how he's going to play, and I, I'm kind of starting to hurt me at this point, Sam. T-Dub, one of the things I'm optimistic about is the great golf coverage at GolfOklahoma.org. If you aren't already getting your golf coverage from GolfOklahoma.org, you need to be. There are many good stories about local golf. Another great sponsor of ours is Groovit Brushes. Go to GroovitBrush.com right now and enter the promo code 73rd hole and get 10% off your Groovit brush. Our man Clint Sanderson uh, from Oklahoma is the CEO of Groovit Brushes. So support your Oklahoma-based company and Ring Family Dentistry. Ring Family Dentistry is the best dentistry in Oklahoma City. Phil and Brennan Ring will get you taken care of. They do same-day crowns, clear liner orthodontics um everything is great about ring family dentistry all right t-dub we are getting into our DraftKings and one and dones and our picks for augusta national the masters t-dub do you want to start off your DraftKings lineup i'll go ahead and start it off here sam so uh since it's just two of us are we just going to go back and forth or are we going to do, we'll, do a snake we'll draft? go back and forth okay so i will go with a pretty good value here. Daddy golf's pretty high on him, and I think he's got a good chance as well the more I look into it. 6,600, that's Thomas Peters. You know, he's 33rd in the world, played a lot of great golf across the pond, um, finished fourth here in 2017, did miss the cut in 2018. But I will say this, looking at the analytics, he's having by far his best driving year of his career. And the thing that scares me a little bit about him, I think the reason you get some value is his last three rounds, he hasn't hit the ball very well into the irons. But... From what I saw from the match play, because I watched a decent amount because he was in the same group as Tom Hoagie, who I had picked, I really liked what I saw from Peters. His swing looked better, looked more in tempo. So I think for 6,600, I think Peters is a, a backdoor top 15 shot, Sam. All right. Well, my cheapest option is going to be Bubba Watson. I mean, Bubba Watson sitting there at 7,300 at Augusta National, obviously two-time champion, has shown some good form. I mean, I know he played good in Saudi Arabia and has played good at some other places so far this year, but, you know, I'm picking him for no other reason than the fact he's 7,300, my cheapest option at Augusta National, T-Dub. You stole my second cheapest right out of my mouth, 7,300 Bubba Watson. I didn't have him originally in there once I was able to make some tweaks. I got him in there. He's only, he's only missed the cut here one time, Sam. He's had a lot of finishes. You know, people are going to highlight the wins. He's got a lot of finishes in the the 35 to 50 range, so it wouldn't surprise me if one of those happened, but yet, I, I think he's a surefire um, made cut, and I will say this, you know, we, we've talked a lot about chipping. He's having his best chipping year that he's had... I, 
looking back on it, yes, in his entire career, his best chipping year. So with, with the wind picking up, I think he's going to be able to use that creativity a little bit. And like we've mentioned, this is one of the courses that Bubba just loves. And, and I'm going to pick the I'm going to pick him in the courses he loves, and I'm going to massively fade him at the courses that he hates. All right. Well, then I'm going to go with 7400 only $100 more expensive than Bubba Watson. I'm going to go Patrick Reed at 7400 I know it's, it, it's you know – it's not the most popular pick, but it's great value at 7400 to pick Patrick Reed. And if I look at his last two finishes, 26th and 26th at uh, the match play and the players, I know he didn't make it through his group at the match play, so maybe saying finish 26 is a little bit deceiving here uh, on his past results. Um, but, you know, he has played well at Augusta National since winning in 2018. He finished tied for or tied for 36th in 2019 and then 10th and 8th the last two years. So it's not like he's kind of fallen off the earth at Augusta National ever since he won his green jacket, T-Dub. Yeah, I, as much as I hate the pick, uh, I do think he'll probably end up seeing the weekend. Now, Sam, let me ask you a question. If I could tell you you could get the leader on the PGA Tour in strokes gain approach for less than 8000 and he's made four straight cuts at Augusta with the 11th, 15th, and 21st in there. Would you take it? I would take it. That sounds pretty good. I think this is the value of the week, Sam. I think this is a, a top 10 candidate, maybe even a sneaky chance. I don't know if he'll win because he's got a little bit of the can't win syndrome. That's Russell Henley, 7,800. I mean, he went to Georgia. Just kidding. Pro- I won't take it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you talk about not being able to win, but I do think that he's going to be a top 10, top 15 play at, at worst. Honestly, played at Georgia, so probably been around there a few times. Besides his first appearance there he miscut uh made four straight cuts and like i said the best iron player on the pga tour this season for less than eight thousand sam by far the steal of DraftKings. well then that means that i'm gonna oh i i skipped one i i went up to 7400 i actually have two guys at 7300 on DraftKings. i'm going mark leishman at 7300 he's a guy that has played really well at augusta national but i'm picking him here this week because he's having by far his best putting year on tour gaining over half a shot, 0.63 shots per round putting strokes gained. And then he is gaining shots around the green, a half a shot approach and gaining shots off the tee, which the last two years he hasn't done. That adds up to 1.10 shots per round uh, that Mark Leishman is gaining on the field uh, this so far this year on the PGA Tour. Now, T-Dub with Leishman, I think that, He's a little low to me. There's some good value. I got two Masters champions and Mark Leishman, who seems to always make the weekend at Augusta National, uh, for less than 7,500. Why? Why do you think that is, T Dub? You know, it's it's a good question. I think Leishman's just one of those guys where it doesn't really matter how well he's playing, right? Because besides his miscut at the players, obviously he didn't make it through on the match play, but made how many ever cuts in a row going back to last year, finished 15th at uh, at the uh, at Riviera this year. And like you said, Sam, he really loves Augusta. Made five straight cuts there, yep. three of which are inside the top 13. So I, I think he's a stinky pick, and he's probably one of the players that would benefit if the win picks up because he'll be able to – I will say this, he is a predominant fader of the ball. Mm-hmm. So if, like for example, we bring up 13, like there's going to be no chance in hell that he's going to be able to get around that corner. So so some holes like that may hold him up, but for 7,300, I, I definitely like the value. Now, Sam, you kind of teased it. I, I thought you you might have been joking, and you might have thought you were joking. My third most expensive in DraftKings, 8,500. I'm doing it. Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is in your DraftKings lineup, I, huh? I, 
I will say this. Recent form? There's a there's a better yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah. I'm going off the analytics here. That there's a better there's a lot better chance that he plays one round or three rounds and withdraws than he does misses the cut. I don't think that if he actually just is able to play 36 holes. I don't think there's any chance he misses the cut. I mean, I will say this. There is a chance that he goes early late. The benefit of that is he's able to rest his leg after Thursday. They mentioned that on the golf channel. I thought that was a really good point. But there is a chance that if he goes late on Friday when the wind picks up, he could get a little screwed on his tee time. So don't you think he's a little overvalued in DraftKings this week? Well, I, I thought that, and then I go to the guys around him, right? So, Sung Jay, he shot 13 over here last year. I'm not picking him. Adam Scott, Joaquin Neiman, he's in Tiger's group. Uh, he was in the low ball hitting category. I think he'll make the cut. But And then Finau, Terrell Hatton, he's playing good but doesn't have a great record around Augusta. The guys above him are, are Gooch and Burns, two first-timers. I'm going to take the guy that's played there 25 times over the guys that never played there. So, I don't know. I think I'm biting the cheese a little bit on, on his ball speed and what everyone's saying. But I will say this. if There is no other course that he knows better than this. And so, like I said, I'll be, I would be more astonished if he missed the cut than I would if he would. Drew. I was just trying to get Tiger out of your DraftKings lineup because – I have Tiger Woods at 8,500 as well. Dude, there, there's and no Tiger way Woods good now. is going to make the cut and contend this week at Augusta National. T-Dub, who's your next pick? I'm picking the GOAT at 8,500. Never doubt never doubt Tiger. Anytime you doubt Tiger, like some local radio people have here before you end up paying, as, as we've seen. <laughs> so next is, you know, we talked about value with Russell Hinton. I think this is some value here. You know, we brought it up with, with the Huntman, one, one of his uh, top three picks. The best major player over the last ten, uh, last five years, that's Brooks Kepka, 9,400. I mean, the guys around him, you know, I'm not going to pick. I would rather pick Kepka over the defending champion, Hideki. No one ever defends here. We saw Spieth attempt to do that and not work in 2016. Can't lay right above him. I don't like. Shoffley, I do like, but uh, that's 200 more. And then, like, Spieth, I'm a little hesitant on. Even guys in the 10,000s like Hovland and Morikawa have a little bit of qualms with them. So, I think Kepka, whenever you're looking at the big dogs, is probably the best value out of anyone above 9,000. Yeah, I totally agree with that and t-dub i'm going with brooks kepka too <laughs> at 9400 i mean i think that brooks kepka is finding form and he showed me a lot in the match play to me i think that his game is peaking at the right time on yesterday's podcast we talked about peaking at the right time before augusta national i think that brooks kepka could get his first green jacket this week and i think it's a legitimate chance and to have a guy that i think is a legitimate chance to get his first green jacket at 9400 that's too low to me give me brooks kepka I, I think it's a steal so we've gotten our two second and third most expensive let's hope we don't have our most expensive right i, I think it's the winner of the tournament justin thomas I mean, okay. I, okay, so so we dodged a bullet there. We did dodge a bullet okay, there. Okay, good. I think that I, – I'll, I'll say earlier in the week I was a little worried that if Tiger did play, JT would be focused on how his friend's doing or his older brother, as they like to say. So I was a little bit hesitant on that. But the fact that – and then as went into the week, I thought, okay, well, we're going to see a Cam Smith-JT playoff. I just had a weird feeling about it last night. And, <laughs> and then I see the tee times. And I, I think still Cam Smith's going to play well, a top five, top ten finish. But it's going to cost him a stroke or two at some point being in that front group. Because someone's going to be walking, as even as great as the Augusta patrons are. I mean, you, you can't just not walk, right? Yep. Not, so, I mean, there's going to be noise. It worries me. I, I think I think it's going to get him on one or two. So, I think that is honestly going to be the reason he ends up not winning. But I, I do think that, I like going back on JT, probably learned some things from Tiger even this week, just from watching. You know, you can always learn. So, came and played with him last week, and I – 
like I said, I, I love JT. He's he's probably the best bet to finish top 10 for me this week for sure, so that's why I'm going to pick him. It bothers me a little bit, the pairing, but I'm going with my pick to win the golf tournament, Cam Smith at 9,900. He's the best putter in the world, and it's Augusta National, and he's gaining over almost a shot, strokes gained approach so far this year on the PGA Tour. I think there's no more surefire bet than – especially in DraftKings, I mean, 9,900 for a, the best putter in the world and a guy that gains over or almost a shot, excuse me, on the field per round on the PGA Tour strokes gain approach. T-Dub, Cam Smith is going to win the green jacket this year. Mark it down. I hope you're right because that transitions perfectly into the one and done. So my first That's one my and first done, pick. My first one and done pick will ride with it, Cam Smith. Okay. I, you will say this. We all, I always worry about... Because we think about the last time he played was the Players' Championship. You know, that was – obviously, it was three weeks ago. He's probably having a little bit of rest since then. But not only do I – I'm a little hesitant when guys win the last tournament they played in, let alone the biggest purse in the history of golf. So, that's – I'm a little bit worried on that sense and the Tiger pairing. But those that iron play and that putter, Sam, you, you just can't replicate it. And taking consideration, too – I mean, he's his chipping is is world class right now. You know, it's uh, the last few years he's always been a steady chipper, but this year he's definitely improved even more on that. The the driver and the quick hooks are the only thing that I'm I'm really worried about when it comes to his golf game. And then my second pick, Sam. Or, uh, for the longest time, I said I was going to pick Spieth, but I, I don't like what I've seen. I, his iron play has improved the last couple of weeks. I'll give him that, but I, I would be astonished if Spieth won. That's yeah. the way I'm going to put it. Like I think he'll play decent, but I would be astonished if he won. The the guy the other pick I'm taking Dustin Johnson I would not be shocked if he won, and and I'm seeing the good form saw the good form at the player saw the good form at the match play we've obviously talked about what he did here in 2020 shooting the record 20 under I mean I understand it wasn't a typical Masters but still 20 under is 20 under I don't care where you tee it up so I I, I love DJ I do think JT is the winner the reason I'm not picking him is because I'm saving him because I think he's going to win at uh, at the Country Club in Brooklyn okay well I am going I said I was going to go with Tiger. I reconsidered. I'm saving Tiger for St. Andrews, okay? I'm going with Justin Thomas as my second pick. I'm going Cam Smith and Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas just seems like the surefire bet. I think even if he plays bad, he'll still finish top 15, and that's what you want in the one and done. I'm going with my safe bet because I'm doing pretty decent in the one and done, and if I could get an actual victory, it, it, it could really propel me uh, to being maybe in the top 20 in this one-and-done pool. But I really like Tiger's chances this week more than a lot of people do. I mean, Sam, if you get a win and then like a, a top five other than that with your top two picks, did you going to vault up the list like Usain Bolt running a race? Now, or should I just go ahead and pick Tiger because no one's picking him this week? I think what you do is you should wait till the very last minute before picks are made and let the adrenaline and the, the thrill of it make the decision for you. You know what we should do? Let's, let's flip a coin. Flip the coin. I'm so, going to so, flip a coin. So is it heads, tiger, tails, JT? Yes. Okay. I'm flipping it right now. All right, here we go. It is flipped. Uh, where's it going, Sam? Heads. Heads. I'm so, going tiger. Tiger. I'm going tiger. I don't know what to do, T-Dub. You just flipped. You have to do it. You have to pick I don't tiger. know if I have to do it, though. Because Why? I think that Justin Thomas is going <laughs> to finish top 15 at worst. But uh, I want to pick tiger. Just pick both of them and throw your Cam Smith out. You didn't even think about that, did you? I didn't think about that. 
<laughs> Dude, you're going to do your boy Cam like that, though. You've been on him for five years, and he wins the players. You've been talking. He's going to win. You just said. He's going to win I'm the, the only check. person hopping off the Cam Smith bandwagon. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that to my come. boy Cam Smith. I didn't think the day the day would come, Sam. I really didn't. I mean, this I, is, I, I can't pick Tiger the one and done. That, that would be dumb. The coin flip didn't matter. I, I, I got to... Cooler heads have to prevail here. I'm going Cam Smith and Justin Thomas in my one and two. Uh, uh, you might as well go with that now. It may change before the deadline. It, it could su- change. It might change. It wouldn't surprise me. One last thing, Sam, before we get down here. I want your opinion on this. Uh, a thing on Data Golf talking about really what are the most impactful holes at Augusta. And one thing that's really cool is it breaks it down per round. So, I mean, you can see what's the most impactful hole on Thursday and what's on Sunday. Well, you look at it, you know, the 12th hole is, re- is around the – third to, to fifth range, but on the on the fourth round, uh, that's rounds one through three, on the fourth round, it, it's by far, it's almost number one. The only other hole that's more important is 13. So, mm-hmm. is it not fascinating? Do you, do you think that's the pressure? Do you think it's that right pin that causes that more? Both. Both of them? I think it's a, a combination of both. I think that the right pin location kind of entices guys to maybe – you know, aim a little bit farther right or kind of maybe say, I'm aiming too far left at the top of your backswing. You know the little subliminal thought you have of, you know, I, I shouldn't be this conservative, right? But well, as Tiger says, always aim over the tongue of that bunker and not a lot of guys have, you know, the discipline to do that. And especially if you get to the top of your backswing and you feel a gust come, you know, right. then you're definitely rethinking. I thought this was interesting too. Hole number one is around the, the around 9 to 10 range on holes on rounds 1 through 3. But it's the least impactful hole in the final round. I mean, that's pretty weird, isn't it? Maybe. It might just have to do with guys, you know, more more swings are on the back nine, right? As far as importance, what is it raking importance by? Yeah, so it's it's essentially by – it goes off of the, the, the last winners and the last guys that finished in the top ten, essentially what they made on the holes okay. compared to the players that didn't, that finished outside of that range. Right. So it's saying that essentially – well, it's because you have to you have to birdie thirteen, you have to par twelve, you have to birdie fifteen. You know, you can't make mistakes on those holes. Um, and I'm I'm sure where's fifteen rank? Uh, 15, uh, so thirteen is is first. Uh, fifteen overall is, in the fourth it, round. I'm talking about in the fourth round. Um, thirteen, twelve, fifteen is third, okay. and then uh, pretty surprisingly, seven is number four. Which I, I think that has to do with the pin that they usually put it in because yep. you hit it in that bowl. We saw Tiger do it. It can it be down. really easy or really hard yeah, depending you, on whether you hit it in that little bowl or you're not. You're going to make birdie or bogey most of the time yeah. whenever you have that because if you're putting from there, it's really hard to get it to stop. Just some other whole 16 on the final round is, is really important twos on there as well. Um, as far as the first round goes, whenever we're watching on Thursday, 13, 15, 10 is actually the third most impactful, 12, 2, like we mentioned, 16. So to your point, Sam, on almost all these lists, the uh, the front nine is is on there. So whenever you look at overall history from going back to 1983, the bottom this is for every round. The bottom one, two, three. The bottom six holes are all in the front nine. Wow. The only holes on the front that are more impactful. Seven is the fifth most impactful historically. Number two is the eighth, and number eight is the tenth. So the two yeah, par fives. Part and of number that seven. might be you know the front nine's a little harder in my opinion, right? Especially you know in on the first three rounds, but you know, a hole like number five, it might not be quite as important because everyone's making bogeys. Right. Yeah. And and like number five is, is, I said on that as well, it's like the fifth least important hole, which is good for Tiger's sake. But it's probably the hardest hole on the course. 
Yeah, and now it is because they've lengthened it and they got the deep bunkers on the left. Like we've said, 10 and 11, historically the toughest. I would say five is probably harder than 10 is now, just, yeah. just on the surface of it looking. Can we just say this? Was, this? was the decision way back in the 30s to switch the nines not the best decision ever made in the history of ever? Yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, complete forethought, right? I mean, could you... Do you I, think I, they were thinking about, you know, that they thought it would come to this? Oh, I don't think there's any way you, you could prognosticate the success of this tournament. Sad. You, you, I think they probably. You saw, know, there was some guy like this is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want. I wonder the first thought because for anyone listening who doesn't know, like when they first held the tournament, the nines were flipped. So the, the front nine used to be the back nine. Mm-hmm. You know, number ten used to be the first hole, and yep. they've they've had so many changes over the years. But could you imagine coming down the stretch seeing, you know, was that six, seven, eight, nine as opposed to fifteen, <laughs> sixteen, seventeen, eighteen? That would be crazy. It, it just it wouldn't be the history. same. It wouldn't be the yeah. same. Could you imagine? There thir- would be no swings. Thir- could you imagine Amen Corner being on the front nine holes two through four? Yeah. Starting on t- 10 and 11 are historically the just two hardest holes. And you have to start on those holes? Yeah. I mean, there wouldn't be the big swings that we see on the back nine at Augusta. It wouldn't make the Masters what makes the Masters. Uh, Sam, I I cannot tell you how excited I am for this week to have Tiger back. And I'm so excited. It's it it's literally you talk about cherry on top. It's like this is just a whole new Sunday on, on top of the gallon of ice cream we already had. This is the Christmas morning for every golf fan or just casual golf fan in general. I mean, is this not like the most excited you get since you were a little kid? You know, walking into the living room. Do you remember on Christmas morning, Sam? Do you remember when you were a little kid and like you'd write the letter to Santa? You'd write it like December first, right? Like right after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and you would wait the whole month to think, "Oh, well, I'm gonna." You know, you got to be naughty or nice. You better be nice. You know, so you you basically the nicest kid ever in the month of December to make sure you got your gift and how excited you were to wake up that morning. That's what this week is for us. That's Monday Monday through Wednesday is the whole month of December as a child wrapped into there. And then instead of just having one Christmas morning, we have four of them. Exactly. And the greatest part about it is it's the greatest sporting event in all of sports. And to me, it's not close. I know that the Super Bowl, but like you said, it's not an, it's not a whole week event. And it's not the leading up to it. And man, I, I know the Super Bowl is a whole week event with stuff going on around it, but it, it's just bigger. It's, a, it's a four-hour game. The Masters game. is bigger and the history and... And just everything about it. And now we have Tiger Woods playing this week. And anybody anybody can win. And I'm just, I'm so excited. It, it helps that golf is in such a great place, too, with all these great players up there. Absolutely. And, I mean, it's, uh, like you say, it's a, it's a week-long Christmas morning, Sam. So, it's, you know, we're watching on the TV here, watching the uh, the Tiger highlighter when he broke his club on 11, Sam. I don't think we're going to see that anymore because those trees are now gone. I was there that week. How, how far away were you from that shot? Oh, probably 100 yards up the right side. Do you remember the club breaking? I do. I, I didn't see it because there were so many people, but I definitely was on Amen Corner when that happened. How many, how many times have you been to Augusta? I think five. I think five or six. What's your- I, I went when I was really young, but then I haven't been since I started playing college golf, and we were having to play tournaments during this time of year. What's your What's your favorite memory going? My favorite memory from going um, – it was probably, ironically, you know, it was watching uh, Tiger 
the year that Zach Johnson won because I followed Tiger that whole time. And if you don't remember, it was like the first time Tiger gave up his lead at Augusta National, you know, and Zach Johnson went on to win. Um, but yeah, I followed him that whole week and, and it was really once I started getting into golf and, and it was just amazing. One of my favorite memories is just sitting down at the par three tournament and seeing all those guys walk by. And when you're a little kid, you can go up there and get autographs. And I got Jack Nicholas's autograph oh, wow. and the year before I didn't get it. And, and he signed it right on the middle of my master's flag. And that's one of my most prized possessions. One thing we didn't mention, uh, Sam, we didn't mention with your dad that I thought we should have. Your boy Tom Watson, one of the inaugural uh, starters. I know. I love it. With Jack and uh, with Gary. Shout I out mean, to I- Kansas City. Tom Watson is going to be there. It's, it's weird to think about, you know, he just it seems like yesterday he was competing at the British Open, right? And now he's an honorary tee shot guy at Augusta. You kind of think older, but you got to remember Tom Watson is older. He's just been doing it for so long. You know, it was like two years ago he won the part three contest. I, that's, yeah, tw- yeah, that's crazy. I think it was the second last time they had. I mean, and they asked a good question. It was, I mean, who else would you have do it? And I think yeah. I think Watson's the best right now, especially after uh, Lee Elder passed away. So I agree. I, I think that Watson. And def- then you would have Faldo probably after that. I, I think Faldo's probably a good candidate for that with three yeah. green jackets. A little later on, though. Yeah. So I, I yeah I, th- I think Watson probably got a few more. I think Watson Gary and I think Nicholas will probably be the the la- you know I think Faldo will take Nicholas's spot. And you yeah. want you want to talk about shoes to fill? I mean, who's going to take Jeff's <laughs> no spot? I mean, my no goodness. I mean, they're they're trying to replace legends, and then you're replacing. I mean, if people are comparing, saying that Tiger isn't the best, they say that Jack is. So, I mean, that's saying something right there. Well, T-Dub, I appreciate all of your great insight today. We appreciate my dad, the hump man, Craig Humphreys, live from Augusta. That was awesome, awesome stuff. You're not going to hear any coverage like that going through player by player anywhere else other than right here on the 73rd hole. Coming up this week, we'll do a podcast on Friday after play concludes, and then our next podcast will be Monday, but we will be live on the weekend if you're in Oklahoma on 98.1 WWLS, the sports animal, on Saturday morning and after play on Saturday, and same thing on Sunday before play from 9 to 11 on Masters Sunday, noon to 2 on Masters Sunday, and then after play concludes before the Thunder game on Masters Sunday on the Sports Animal. So make sure and tune into that. Make sure to stay with us here on the 73rd hole and also go to our social media and follow us and Squares and you will be entered into the contest to win a pair of Nick Faldo signed Square shoes, the Faldo 11s. Make sure and go check those out before you get done with Masters Week because we'll be choosing the winner on Masters Sunday. T-Dub, this has been great. I appreciate it. For everybody involved in all of this, this is the best week of the year. Have a great week, everybody. Stay with us here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.